ready? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. All right, kicking off Steve's favorite division. What do you call it, Steve? The Metropolitan. Yeah, we're going to start with the Carolina Hurricanes, who are anything but. You know, I, I want to say this. The San Jose Sharks of the early 2010s uh, were a team loaded with talent, sort of always near the top of the standings in the regular season, just never quite got it done in the playoffs. And, you know, every five to seven years, we get one of those. Mm. If the Hurricanes don't start to get it done in the next couple years... Are they in danger of becoming the next extremely talented team to sort of be forgotten? I uh, know. Uh, the, the Blues were in danger of that, too. They were. For a while. They were definitely in the same and category. There, was, there were Blues teams that were super talented through the 90s that were forgotten. Really good Final Four appearances. And, oh, gosh, we keep running into doesn't matter. Does not matter. Uh, Carolina uh, has made the Final Four a few times. There's... You know, there's a lot of teams that their hump is getting to where Carolina's hump is, Mm -hmm. but there is definitely a hump. There's a gap between them and the great teams of the past decade plus. Now, they finished first in the division last year by a point, 113. Guys, what do you think the betting odds are for their points this year? 113? Yeah. I'll say 113.5. There's just not really much reason to expect them to have taken a step backwards. Jesse Blake, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the division from last year. You said 113. What's their over-under? The over-under is probably not going to be that high. That's so a pretty high say, over-under. Yeah, but it's going to be like 110 and a half. 107.5. Oh. Wow. Are you guys taking the over? Uh, 107.5, I would, yes. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll take the Now, over. if the Hurricanes... Um, if the Hurricanes... Uh, can be um, accused of anything. It's being extremely talented all the way through. And I want to start with the defense because the Athletic has this Good ranked accusation. as... They are ranked as the number one defense in the oh. entire league. Here's wow. why. Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns pair one. Brady Shea and Brett Pesci Brent, uh, uh, um, uh, pairing two. Mm-hmm. And pairing three, Dimitri Orlov and Tony D'Angelo. There Man! Are, now there, oh, there are other Orlov. options, too. Jalen Chatfield is making his way. Caleb Jones. They are big. They are offensive. And uh, uh, and they are smart. Like, this is one of the smartest defense cores we've seen. Can you spot a weakness? Um. Yeah. I mean, that right side isn't spectacular defensively. Like, Burns has his weaknesses. He's big and mean, but he has his weaknesses. And Tony D'Angelo is that without being big Mm -hmm. right so uh, i would say that's a weakness Uh, a weakness that i think a lot of teams would die to have is well gosh who plays the first power play unit yeah and i don't know there is definitely not enough power play minute like to to pass around do do you give it to burns you give it to d'angelo do you switch do you have both uh they they have an abundance of talent they're gonna be fine and whatever happened to that brett pesci trade didn't happen. Never happened. <laughs> um, Slavin and Svechnikov are now cleared. They are no longer injured. Uh, so uh, I want to ask you guys about this, too. Uh, it looks like they're going to try out Svechnikov on the PK. Oh. And it, I, Well, they are trying it. Does it, you know, what does having, and we've seen this a little bit in Toronto, too, with Austin Matthews starting to center the PK. What does it mean to have such a great player on the penalty kill? Well, teams have to be scared because, uh, listen, penalty kills get breakaways all the time. The Leafs get one every game, it seems. But it's like David Kampf on a two-on-one with Zach Aston Reese. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I I think teams are finally starting to get hip to the idea that, hey, the best players in the league are the best skaters. Right. A lot of them are the best workers. 
get them out there. They're going to create situations for themselves that get the puck out of their end primarily, can turn it into a scoring chance, and they got a better chance of scoring than the other guys. Jesse Blake, this group has not needed a lot of upgrades, but they did make one notable addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a person that we all know well. His name is Michael <laughs> Bunting. He's yeah. from Scarborough, Ontario. If you're talking to a Canes fan today, yeah. what are you telling them about Michael Bunting, good and bad? They're going to absolutely love him because of his energy, and they're going to absolutely hate him because of his energy. Like Michael Bunting <laughs> is going to be running around wreaking havoc, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic because that's what you need out of a certain player in your lineup. You know you need that energy boost at times, and he doesn't know when to dial it back occasionally and he gets himself into trouble and I hope that Michael Bunting has learned from his time in Toronto where he did cross the line at times and that he's for the Carolina Hurricanes with a coach like Ron Brindamore you know I think that's somebody who's Top gonna five. harness Michael Bunting's energy and use it in the correct way so I'm very excited for um, Hurricanes fans he's gonna be up on that first line well, right you, you know I think he'll he will be up on the first line and I mean Carolina has like They don't have a first line as much as they have four second lines, Mm -hmm. which is still pretty good. Uh, You know what I mean? And you could argue they have a first line and maybe three second lines. They're extremely, extremely good. What the Hurricanes need to do with bunting is not completely abandon him and expect him to do all things gritty. Uh, which Rod, Brin- Rod Brindamore will simply not allow them to do. No, because there's so many other guys in the lineup that can fill up those those uh, places on the ice. You know, like Tony D, like the, from the defenseman side, Tony D'Angelo is going to be in everybody's face. You know, and that'll help Michael Bunting. Yeah, I think. I mean, well, he got ISOed in Toronto last year, essentially. Yeah, right? it's like, oh, he's the one guy on the team that causes trouble. Mm-hmm. Let's poke him. Like Brent Burns probably hasn't consumed human flesh, but like it's greater than zero percent. <laughs> yeah, he might. You know what I mean? Like just like a, a little bit of a finger, maybe. Yeah, like just know? a nibble. Yeah, a just nibble. like it's in his system. He you tried know, it's it been there. It's yeah, around a campfire. So that's the thing about the Hurricanes is that they have great defense, they have great offense, and they play tough. How do you stop this team? And uh, we haven't gotten there, but like, are you going to bring up Marty Natchez? Oh, well, bring him up. Marty Natchez had 28 goals this uh, last season. Is that good? That's a dude who might score 40. I don't know if you've ever watched like Marty Natchez shot compilations, but his shot is as good as anybody in the league, just Piss in terms missile. of his his snapshot coming off of a rush, and it's unbelievable. And he's only getting better. We forget that he was twelfth overall. I know when he was drafted, yeah. and he's now maturing to this this player after a pretty slow start to his career. But the talent was always there, and now that it is twenty eight goal season, it might turn into thirty five. And like a team that's hard to make too. Yeah, like, yeah, you're twelfth overall. It's the Hurricanes. Where's the, where's the gap in the lineup? Mm-hmm. Well, and he burst through. One guy I've got both eyeballs on this year is Seth Jarvis, another Leaf connection. Uh, uh, he underwent a bit of a transition last year because obviously they, you know, uh, they liked his scoring, but his defensive game. And, and if you're going to play in Rod Brindamore's system, you got to have a defensive game. Yep. You got to have a 200 foot game. Rod Brindamore and Jeff Daniels kind of held him back, and. They said you're gonna you're gonna work on defense this year, and we've seen teams do this with young players. We saw it in Toronto with Nazem Kadri. Actually, it's like oh you're 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 not during the the terrible Toronto Maple Leaf finishing last year. Mm-hmm. That's where Nazem Kadri learned how to play defense. Seven goals, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> Seth Jones had 39 points, which was a, a step back from the previous year where he had Jarvis. over 40 points. Sorry, Seth Jarvis. Excuse me. It was Caleb Jones. Seth, Seth Jarvis. Jones. Yeah, Seth, Seth Jarvis. Yeah. Jarvis. Very confusing. Um, so they saw the huge improvements. <laughs> in the defensive areas that they needed to see. Now we're going to get Seth Jarvis. I even wrote Seth Jones down. How oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, how we're now going to get Seth Jarvis unleashed. Yeah. What's that look like? Oh my gosh. It looks like the Hurricanes picking their opponents apart. Like is there a deeper offense in the league? Is there a deeper 
defense in the league. They're three probably NHL starting goaltenders. Well, team. that's the next on the <laughs> like, list. Yeah. They they don't need all these guys. Um and if I'm not mistaken, they're not even up against the cap. They're not. And uh, like, they're 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 three guys. Can you without looking at cap friendly? I have look. I have the page open. Okay, so but don't I, look. I, I, I don't have it up. Oh, okay. you can't I don't count. have it up. I, okay, I you got Anderson, Kachekov, and Ranta. How much do they cost combined? Didn't Freddie take a discount this summer? Yeah, he did. He uh, did. Four? They they cost a total, the three of them, $6.9 million. Oh, so they, nice. They average about $2.3 million per goaltender. That is spectacular <laughs> value. That, that is wild value. Wow. Wow. So on average, they make less than Peter Mrazek. Right. Now, it's fair to say that Ranta and Anderson at some point or another are going to need maintenance days, right? They normally get injured throughout the course of a season. They are also on the backside of 30, and there's nothing wrong with pulling a groin every once in a while. But Kachekov also disappointed me a bit. Like, well, like he what? just showed all this promise. It, you start to think that uh, with a prospect, uh, uh, progress is linear. It's not, yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah. in the back half of the season, he threw up some stinkers. He yeah. did. And then the one game he was in the playoffs, you know, it wasn't pretty. Yeah. No. Um, tough, tough. But this is the way you got to structure your goaltending in 2023 in this new world of NHL is you need a committee of goalies who could all at any point in the season be your starter. And that's how the Vegas Golden Knights proved that, hey, this is the way, this is the mentality. Because at any moment, they might go down. At any moment, they might be hot or cold. And it worked with Florida. Alex Lyon is the one who got them to the playoffs. That's right. Florida Panthers wouldn't be in the playoffs without Alex Lyon. And then Bobrovsky is the one who carried them through the playoffs. So Carolina set up perfectly in goal, goal as well because this is the system you need. It's, what, it's what are the odds? Unfair. What are the odds they still have all three of those goalies by the time this video is even released? I think they 100%. will. I don't yeah. think they're waving them. Well, no, not waved. waved. Not waved. I'm saying traded. No, why? There's why? a need. Why? There's a Okay. What, so, do, what do they okay, need? You can return? get you can get some random off waivers, or you can get like a legitimate NHL. What do they need in return? Yeah, that's why the would thing. they trade them? The, well, that so would be the, the thing. Even with that your, would be the thing. So I had to look this up because I was like, I thought Kachekov had a good year last year. No. He did. Um, did even with the stinkers, guys, 12 and 7, 12, 7 and 5, 244 goals against average and a 909 save percentage. Uh, that's not bad for 24 games for a, a, a young ish goalie. He is 24. Yeah, 909 is, is good. 909 is uh, in today's NHL where scoring that's, is going up and save percentages are going down. It's fine. I'm just saying he had some real bad games. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you how he finished the season his last four games. Steve's not wrong. 850-932-792-870. Okay, right. Were any of those against the Leafs? There was a really yeah. bad one against There's the Leafs. There's two against the Leafs. He had allowed five goals against the Leafs in the third last game of the season. Then he came back against the Leafs in the home and home, and he uh, allowed three goals, but it was on 44 shots. So, wow. with okay, that said, better. they did win the division by a point last year. Where do you have the Carolina Hurricanes this year in the division? Jesse, I'm going to start with you. Number one. Number one. Number one. I don't I don't think there's a way that Carolina isn't amongst the top three teams in the entire National Hockey League this season. Yeah, uh, I don't think I uh, need to overthink this. The Devils might score more goals than them, and they'll be close, but I think the Hurricanes are first in the mid-tro. I'm so glad I get to do this because I have the Carolina Hurricanes at second. You stink! And I am one oh, of, of course their biggest yeah. believers, of but course. I don't know that they can stop the other red and white team in their division, but the we'll get Pittsburgh to that. The Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right, yeah. yeah they have a new yeah, alternate. the red and white <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguins. Adam's favorite. 
They were the story of the pre-pre-season. Mm. And honestly, I don't think you ever want to be the story of the pre-pre-season. Uh, Clouded by the Babcock mess is a team that is, you know, got some high-end veteran talent and a lot of kids with huge potential trying to prove themselves. It's the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, um, by the way, did I say that they quite literally uh, have a goalie who came to camp and said, hey, fuck what you think. Um, <laughs> literally said that to the press. That, oh, uh, and he said, I got something to prove this year. Um, was this Elvis oh, Merzlikens? That's right. Dude. Elvis is in the building. European goalies uh, or European players, especially Eastern European players. Uh, there's no subtext. No. You know. <laughs> yeah. But is it enough to move them out of eighth in the division? Because that's where they finished last year with 59 points. First, before we get into it, odds for their points this year. What do you think the betting odds are? Mm, what'd they have last year? 59. Mm, I don't um, 65.5. Jesse. 64 and a half. <laughs> Believe it or not, the betting odds are 73 and a half. Wow. Oh, my God. You know what? Not that surprised. I Now, that's a 15-point improvement if it happens. Wow. I'm a bit surprised. Bit surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that surprised, but I'm definitely a bit surprised. So let's talk about Elvis Merzlikens because I did bring him up and that that uh, quote is pretty spicy. Mm. Uh, last year, obviously, this was not supposed to be a good team and guess what? It wasn't. But he was 7-18-2 with a 4-23 goals against average and an 8-76 save percentage. Mm-hmm. Those are rough numbers. Those are not playable no. NHL numbers. <laughs> if it's below ugh, 880, 87 anything is is just it makes me physically react. But curiously, it's the only year in his entire career where he's been a, a below 907 goalie. So you feel like it has to be an off, right? I I think it was an off year for him, an off year for the entire team. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? I mean, like they played some pretty joyless hockey. I, I, I watched some Blue Jackets game, especially or Blue Jackets games down the stretch. Like trying Patrick Laine at center at the NHL level and like top line center mid season. Like we, we, we groaned enough about William Nylander like in the in the preseason, but that that's when you do the experiments. The Blue Jackets were just skating around like, oh fucking, like <laughs> throw line A. That's how they were coached. Oh fucking, <laughs> and they were just guessing out uh, there, guessing. Daniel Tarasov, who was supposed to be the backup this year, was injured uh, before training camp, which allowed them to pick up Spencer Martin from the Vancouver Canucks. Tarasov is a young goalie who wants to establish himself in the NHL, but we don't know enough yet. What do we know about Spencer Martin, who has had some time? Uh, Mississauga Steelhead legend. Uh, he was it's Jesse's home team. Yes, and Jesse, yeah, you've been to a ton of games, season seat holder for a number of years. <laughs> All every year. Yeah, that's not true. The people of Mississauga pack the stands. No, it's one of the uh, most underappreciated franchises. There you the go. Yes, a little yes. love for the Steelheads. Not enough people in Mississauga care about the Steelheads. Um, he's had some truly world-beating games at the NHL level, mm-hmm. like shockingly world-beating games. But uh, the Canucks, I mean, over time sort of hung him out to dry and he did a little bit more sinking than swimming. Um, but it's this is going to be a temporary thing. Like he's fighting for his NHL career here. Um, 
there's a really good chance he doesn't stick around with the Blue Jackets, even if he does play well. Well, if Tarasov comes back, then he's probably back on waivers. Exactly. I mean, best case scenario, he does amazingly, and then they try maybe Tarasov, Martin, and moving Merzlikens. I just don't think that's that's going to happen, but um, decent little stopgap. Uh, Jet Greaves, who is one of the better goalies in the AHL, will not likely see much time until maybe towards the end of the year too. He uh, shouldn't have played last year. He yeah, was too young. They're like, yeah. yeah, he's been great, but like, they're like, we shouldn't be doing this. It was There's fantastic so against the Leafs, remember? Yes, he was. Yeah. There's so much time for, for uh, Jet to make the NHL. Like, there's no need to rush him at all, especially when you're, your franchise is at this state. Like, why are you rushing? Exactly. And I hate I hate how cool his name is. I hate it. Yeah. Jet Green. It's so good. His journey to the NHL should be more like a ship and not like a jet. Oh, it's yeah. There you go. All right. I, I think, All now, right. I'm out. Now, so I think we should end the video. Now, he's got great <laughs> jokes, and he is a several time Stanley Cup uh, losing general manager. His name is Jesse Blake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Athletic has listed the Columbus Blue Jackets defense as questionable, but let me throw the names oh, at you. Oh, no, they're so wrong. Let me throw the names yeah. at you. Yeah. So, the first pairing, ideally, Wierenski Peak, Wierenski, who is healthy. Mm-hmm. Second pair, Provorov, Goodbranson. Third pair, Boquist, Severson, and then you also have David Juracek, Tim Burney, and Nick Blankenberg, who are available to you. And you have to think, at very least, Juracek's going to make his way into a lot more games. I'd be than- shocked if he wasn't in the top six, to be honest. Yeah, right. and, like, I'd play Severson higher up in that lineup. Well, I mean, that's that's what it is right now. Like I said, we, we sure. we're, this is a season preview. But that defense, to me... Looks like a really good mix of guy who's coming back from injury, guys who need to um, uh, reprove who they are, like a Provorov, and then guys who are young and going to be very good, Boquist and Juracek specifically. Jesse, as a general manager, do you like that? Yeah, no, I absolutely, I see nothing wrong with the defense of the Columbus Blue Jackets. It'll be, it's not going to be the best offensive uh, defense pairings there, but like, I I don't believe that they can hold their own on, I don't not believe that they can't hold their own in Whoa. the defensive zone. That is a, there you double, go. that was a tap dance yeah, double negative. Go. I've never seen that. No, but like, <laughs> no, they can move the puck. Yeah, no, they but can move man, the puck. Yeah, and then uh, Wierenski can hang, like Severson's going to be good. If you're a becomes who we think your check can be like there's there's three great defensemen right there and then you throw in good Branson and Poikvist like there's nothing wrong with any of these names I feel like good Branson's job might be under threat because if you've got Wierenski Peak Provorov good Branson mm-hmm. is the one that kind of sticks out you could potentially if your check is pushing Severson moves up mm-hmm. you could see it I could see a world where Boquist and your who are still pretty young are playing together on that bottom pair you know what I, you know what I love the most about all these defensemen all of them are time sucks like all of the, oh, they eat Ivan, Ivan Provorov led the Flyers in ice time for the last four seasons. Like every single guy here can just suck up minutes on the ice, and that's so important for yeah. a defenseman. Like I, well, I'm you can really, shelter the young guys, right? Yeah, yeah, and those young guys will get an opportunity to play under under these veterans. I'm I'm very happy with their defense. Yeah, maybe maybe you don't need to rush a Euro check or anything. Like, listen, I I understand the 73, 73.5 was the Mm -hmm. over under. I understand it because last year was miserable because it was supposed to be. Um, Last year was the tear it down hunger games. Whoever survives can stay with this franchise and stay in the league. This year's not about that. Um, This year is the first step towards the good days. Yeah. People, I mean, dude, look at the draft. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, Connor Bedard, Leo Carlson, 
Adam Fantilli, Matt Van Mitchkov was in though it was in there as well. There was incentive to be bad. Like the timing was good for the Blue Jackets. A lot of the teams who were at the bottom last year, they're actually kind of trying. Yeah. And the Blue Jackets are among them. So let's talk about the offense for a second. We'll start with Adam Fantilli. Can he be a second line center in the NHL right now? <laughs> That's where he's listed. It's at the a moment. big ass. For the Blue Jackets. Right. You know what I mean? But isn't it a big ask? Because Jesse said that, and I think he's right. Isn't it still a big ask because he's going to go against other teams, second and third lines mostly? Yeah. But, I mean, players picked in the top five, you ask uh, big of them, and they got to rise to the occasion, man. Uh, it, not I, a lot of hand-holding. I assume it's going to be Fantilli and Line. I think so. That'll be fun. Do you think Do you think Line ever... On the same line, you mean? Yeah, on the same line. I thought line. you meant up the middle. I'm no. like, I thought they had a new coach! <laughs> no, uh, no, no! Boone Jenner and Fantilli, then Roslovic and Corrali, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and Ken Johnson, I think, on that third line. But I, I wanted oh, okay. to... Um, the center. The, uh, the one thing I did want to ask is Patrick Line. I mean, he had 22 goals last year. It's been pretty miserable since he got traded from Winnipeg. Does he ever come close to 40 goals again? Yeah. I mean, who's betting against him? Well, I mean, listen... He's been in this, the league the same amount of time as Austin Matthews. He has scored 40 goals once, 30 goals twice, and one, two, three times 20 goals. Dude, he's like an unbettable player. You can't bet for him. You can't bet against he him. He was injured last year, too, and he did perform at a point of game play. Oh, I know. I know. But you don't know what you're going to get on a night-in, night-out basis. No idea. He might score five goals. He might uh, have two shots and be dash three. Like, yes. You just you don't know. Yeah, you, Steve, just to make you a little upset, mm. I, I wanted to check the lines from yesterday's, when we were recording this preseason game for Columbus. Patrick Laine was down the middle. You're joking. No. <laughs> According to who? According to who? Uh, Jeff uh, Zaboda. He's a Blue Jackets reporter for BlueJackets.com. That oh, was amazing. Their, their line rushes. Why did why did you to from who? What do you mean from who? <laughs> the team that I they I team the lineup because you butchered his name. <laughs> you said Boyquist earlier. I didn't correct you. They they, they ice the lineup. That's that's where it's from. Um, <laughs> one last question before I ask you how these guys finish. Obviously, Kent Johnson is one. Uh, he was up there in rookie scoring. We're curious about that. Can Kirill Marchenko score thirty goals without getting an assist? I uh, I think uh, his goal scoring might take a bit of a dip. No, I think his playmaking might go up a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Dude, how is he the team's Cy Young winner when they have Patrick Line? I know. It's I know. Okay. Funny. So uh, there are eight teams in this division in the in the <laughs> Metropolitan. Where mid do you have the Columbus Blue Jackets finishing? This might shock you. For no, um, <laughs> can you imagine? Go, go. Um, they're they're bad, they're not as bad as people say. They're gonna take a step, even if it's a tippy toe. Seventh, seventh, Jesse Blake. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna say sixth. You're just don't you dare. You know I know who I know one of the teams you have seventh or eighth. And by you're a madman. You're I, a madman. The devils. Jesse. <laughs> Shut up. I agree with you. I think they're sixth place. And I struggled with this because I almost put them in fifth. I think they're a lot better yeah. than what people give them credit for. They need a lot of things to go right for that to happen. Yep. But there are there is a lot of guys here who really need this season to go well. I kind of like the Columbus Blue Jackets, man. Yep. Blue Jackets fans, I'm not shocked about your team, I, I just can't wait. Cannot wait to see who these guys put seven and eight. I think we're right. I'm rooting for Pascal Vincent. That's right. Yeah, he's going to be Why a not? coach. Yeah. 
Steveism. Hey, we didn't mention Babcock once. Oh, shit. <laughs> the New Jersey Devils, the NHL's breakout team last year, they won 13 games in a row. They missed the they missed out on first place by one point. They added Timo Meyer at the deadline. They added Tyler Toffoli in the offseason, and they have one of the NHL's best cap-friendly pages. They've been doing it right. Devils had 112 points last year. 112 after being like dead last the previous two years. It's an amazing rise. What do you think the betting odds are on their points? Uh, they're darlings right now. I'm going to say 112.5. Okay, Jesse, that oh. is really fucking high, Steve. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're darlings. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 112 points. That's like that's like top two in yeah, the what NHL. Are you talking yeah. about? I think people yeah, love that's them. Not how, yeah, that's not that's, how the odds work. How do the odds work, Jesse? Explain. It's going to be 106 and a half. 106. You're close. It's 107 and a half. Damn, Jesse, damn. like sports book. Yeah. I was I was five <laughs> points off. That, no, but that's a lot. <laughs> that, yeah. No, you're right. When you're talking about points. <laughs> well, well, Devils fans, I believe in you. <laughs> now, I was going to start this with what do you guys love about the Devils? But my question is really what's not to love? Uh, what's the thing? Uh, I don't know. What's the thing? Can't give them one twelve. <laughs> what's the thing? <laughs> when you think about the New Jersey Devils right now, what comes to mind, guys? Wee! They are going to be fast and score a shitload of goals. Are they going to make some mistakes? Yes, they are. But it's going to be fun. They are going to be the best out of market viewing experience in the NHL this season. So wherever the Devils are playing and whatever they're doing, if your team isn't playing or they're playing the late game or whatever it is, watch them. You cheer for the Leafs, the Wild, the Ducks, whoever the hell, and your team's game isn't on, turn on the Devils. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Jesse, what do you think when you think Devils? I'm just, they're so good. Um, the the two things I worry about is the goaltending mm -hmm. and then just where they're going to fit all of these good players. Right, right. So let's start with defense. Joe, Jonas Siegenthaler uh, is uh, uh, apparently going to be paired up with Dougie Hamilton this year. Um, Luke Hughes and John Marino, Kevin Ball and Colin Miller. You also have Brandon Smith and Simon Nemich available. So it looks like it'll be Ball and Marino and Hughes and Nemich. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I had to I, I had to ask Devils fans today just to make sure we had the lineup right. Because yeah, because I want to know them around. Right. If, if Nemich makes the team, that's a big deal. If if Hughes and Nemich, that's about how they have it Second. as of one recording. They're going to be the third pair. Second that's, overall pick. That's a big deal. That's a strong core. Yeah, dude, it's really good. If you have Dougie Hamilton and Luke Hughes on the same team on reasonable deals, which they do, that's amazing. There'll be a cup contender this year, but like you look at that roster, there's every reason to assume they're going to get better year over year. Don't you hate that? Yeah. Don't lot. you just hate it? A lot. Uh, Goaltending. One big question. Is Akira Schmidt for real, or is that one of those special runs that players go on in the playoffs? He did save their postseason. Yes, he did. Because Vitek Vanacek is there. Mm -hmm. Who's the number one goalie at the end of this year, guys? Uh, ooh, ooh, uh, it's definitely going to start Vanacek. I'm going to give Vanacek some credit. I, I, th I think. Uh, he, well, there's a reason that he's in there. If it's there's not, a reason he's paid three and a half million. No disrespect to Akira Schmidt. It's either going to be Vanacek or someone who's not currently in the organization. They'll, oh, they'll make a trade. What? what? Yeah. Why? Why don't you believe in Akira Schmidt? Why don't you? Why it's, do you have it's love nothing for about that. I like Akira. Okay. You but like if, him, but you don't love him. If they score a bajillion goals, like we all predict they're going to, but Vanacek's not that great, and Schmid's not that great, which I think kind of aptly describes how they ended last year, why not go out and get a goalie? You're going to win a cup if you do. Sir? Steve. I am, Which I, one of us is the devil? I'm actually <laughs> shocked. Like, I, I really am. 
I, I, it's, if you have it's a weird that you have a goalie who had a nine, what was nine twenty two during the regular season in eighteen games, and then in the playoffs had a nine twenty one in eight starts and four wins, and you're like, you know what? He might not win this job. And Vanacek, by the way, and nine eleven. Save percentage last year. And it's yeah, no, Van, Van, Vanacek's whole thing. Vanacek had a fantastic regular season. Yes, I assume yeah. you have the numbers up there. It was just in the playoffs, he lost it. Yeah, you know, it was did. unfortunate for the Devils that he couldn't get it together. So did but, Schmidt, though. Yeah, but you but, had Schmidt and Waiton. He, he held his own. Like, Schmidt killed the Rangers, and then mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, Cinderella... You know, turn into a pumpkin or however that fucking story goes. That is in a, the second round, Steve. That's a take about the goaltending. I'm really curious about. I'm gonna. That. Oh, like at, yeah, I could absolutely see Akira Schmidt win the job. Mm-hmm, I could yeah. see him winning the job, but like you, you just know, don't think it's likely. He's he's had like weird development. Like he was playing in the NHL way before he should have, and yeah. Last year, all right, he's getting his feet under him, and oh shit, we got to call him up and have him play probably earlier than he should. I. I don't know what he is at this stage in his career. Like it's it's almost like you you have to keep him in the NHL at this point, and he's got to develop on the fly. Um, I think he's a really good goalie. I do. No, but if you have a chance to flip Schmidt for like Hellebuck, I'm sorry, you do it. Okay. So with that, I want to I want to move to the forwards. Okay. Uh-huh. Timo Meyer, 26 years old, 8.8 million. Frig off. Jack Hughes, 22 years old, 8 million. Frig off. Jesper Brat, 25, 7.875. Frig off. Nico Heischer, 34, uh, $7.25 million. And then it goes on a Palat to Foley Holla. Those are your four best players up front. Those guys are all under the age of, well, they're 26 and under. Like, not even, because Prime's supposed to start what, 26, 27? Uh, depends who you ask anywhere from like 24 to i think 29 yeah that's outrageous it's and those are all long-term deals none of those guys contract expires until after the 26 27 season tom fitzpatrick he learned it when he was with the leafs and the devil's Fitzgerald. fitzgerald Did I call him Fitzpatrick? Yeah, you did. Yeah. You piece of garbage. I know. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Tom Fitzgerald. It sounded wrong when <laughs> yeah. I said it. <laughs> Tom Fitzpatrick. I almost so called him Tim I'm sure Tom Fitzpatrick's a really nice guy, whoever he is. Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a great old quarterback. There you go. Yeah, yeah we like him. <laughs> that, that's a Fitz good Magic. He's like, I, Fitz Magic. Got a great beard now. <laughs> I had a... Uh, did I? Oh, I had a principal named Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's what okay. I did. There you go. Um, that that first that third line is kind of. I was gonna say the first line, but like the third line, I think is what's gonna carry them uh, to an eventual competing for the Stanley. Who's Cup, on that you know? third line? It's it's gonna be Palat, Halla, and Mercer. And that oh. third line is so good because your first two lines are already stacked that you have these three dynamic players. That can be a great second line on like an average team. And three three Blake Coleman's. Yeah, and they're right. gonna play so hard versus everybody else's third line. And and I'm really worried about everybody else in the league going up against Palat, Hollow, and Mercer. Well, they did what they did last year with Palat, like what, half of the time? 
mm-hmm. like a quarter of the yeah, time. He like, yeah, he was injuries. injured for a long, long time. Yeah. He start, was, I and they that. didn't have him to start. Like, my oh, oh um, my God. I, they're going to be so love good. Andre yeah. Pilat. He's yeah. amazing. And what those guys are going to bring in the playoffs, you're absolutely right, Jesse. I mean, there's so much experience. you got, you know, Pilat, who's a Stanley Cup winner. Hala, who's been to the finals. I don't think he won with Vegas. Right? No, no, he didn't. No. He left right before. Um, those are those are major, major difference makers. Now, I also want to talk about defense. How much does this pain you? Because I just ran you through how young and amazing these guys are. Uh, John Moreno, 26, make it 4.4. Siegenthaler, 26, 3.4. Luke Hughes still has two more years left on his ELC at $925,000. You know, he'll probably hit his bonuses, but still. It was good that they gave him that experience last year. Like, I know, like, a lot of the fans were calling for him to get get moved up to the NHL, and it was great that they did that and gave him that little experience. I always find that's effective. It is. You know, when you bring in that guy for those last couple games, and then you throw him to the playoffs. Like, same thing, at least there with Matthew Nyes and all yeah, that. Yeah, like, it always helps. I don't like yo-yoing players, but doing something like that, I think, makes a lot of sense. And then they stick the following year. Yes. Yeah. They're also really smart in the fact that they don't have... Uh, a lot of dead cap. Corey Schneider and Yanni Kukunanen. Kukunan? Kukunanen. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. $2.3 million. By the way, quick trivia. Before we get to where you guys have the New Jersey Devils in the division, by the way, I think I already know. Uh, how many more years of cap recapture do they have on Ilya Kovalchuk's contract that I would argue kicked off the last lockout? Although Steve, Steve has an argument. Mm, so... So this doesn't count against cap. Uh, it's cap recapture. I have no idea of cap recapture. I think it does. <laughs> How many years? I think it does. How many years left of cap recapture? I'm say until 2034. Okay, that's interesting, Jesse. Five. There's two more years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> quarter million apiece. But that deal, that deal is not. It's still. I mean, it's it's an old deal. Oh, yeah. That deal is more than 10 years old now, guys. We're getting older. Okay, so where do you have the New Jersey Devils? Jesse Blake? Uh, we New didn't Jersey. mention in that entire thing that they added the leading scorer of the Calgary Flames. Right. I did they, mention to Foley, but <laughs> we didn't focus they, they on it. They took the leading scorer from a very good team and yeah. said, hey, we're going to insert you to our first line, and now we're just even better. What sure, if we gave you something good, but... as good, but uh, less, actually? Yeah. Like they didn't give up much. No, no, no not at all. Calgary was had their hands tied behind their back, and it's a great pickup by They're going to score... 5,000 goals. I, I, The only thing I suppose is there's only one puck. <laughs> um, but if they ever change that rule, the rest of the league is fucked. I have them second in the division just by default because Carolina is going to be really good and New Jersey is also going to be really good. So second. Yeah, like, I don't know. I had to pick one of them. Yeah. And, and I picked Carolina. Uh, so I have the Devils second uh, if they're first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not shocked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it wouldn't like, be surprised. They finished a point apart, which is why I have the Devils first. And I think the reason I have the Devils first too is Carolina did run into some bad injury luck, and I think uh, New Jersey's just a little bit younger and perhaps a little bit healthier. Because no matter no matter how healthy you say you are, these are NHL players. There's always something wrong, and the New Jersey Devils are just a lot younger, so fewer miles. That's why Fair. I went that way. Yeah, you're betting on young legs, and that's a good bet. So with that, the New Jersey Devils are wrapped up. Are you ready? I'm ready for another season of Tim Fitzpatrick's team. (laughs) (laughs) A few years ago, when the New York Islanders were seeing some of their best success since the early 80s, what would you say the team was, identity-wise? Metapod. Okay. A a defensive shell. Jesse. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a few years later, minus Barry Trotz, what are they now? Uh, Basically the same thing. Kind of. It kind of doesn't... It's... it's, they're a bit of a Franken team. Well, this is the thing. So they moved off of being that defensive stalwart. And to me, they're risking just becoming 
another team who happened to crack 90 points. Wow. Right? What? Well, because, okay, so what is the identity? They got rid of Barry Trotz to bring in a coach to help Matt Barzal open up a little bit. They go out and they get Bo Horvat, right? They yep. go out and they get stalwart Pierre Engvall and lock him up forever and ever. Amen. He was pretty good. He was good on that yeah. lineup for sure, for sure. And we will get to him. Sure. But I'm question, my question this year, and I don't think anyone can answer this except for the Islanders themselves. What are the New York Islanders now? What are they trying to be? What are they going to be? I mean, they're still a team you do not want to play in the playoffs. They have to get there, though. But they have to get there. Like, okay, so this is going to be the third Metropolitan video that we upload. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I called them the the Metropolitan Division Mm -hmm. uh, because I think there's two teams at the top that kick complete ass. Mm -hmm. I think there's two teams at the bottom that suck complete ass. And then you could interchange the entire rest of the division. They might finish third. They might finish sixth. They... Does anyone confidently know where the Islanders are going to finish? I had to check my list <laughs> before we started recording. I saw the number and I went, eh, I don't know. So, okay, let me ask you guys this. They had 93 points last year. Yep. What are the betting odds on their point total this year? What do you think? 92. If you say 112, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> 92.5. Okay. Oh, you're going to the exact same number? Uh, I'll drop it down a little. I'll say 89 and a half. Uh, 91.5. So you guys oh. are both in the range. Split it, yeah. Um, so betting odds are saying they're not that much better. Yeah, they're around the same. That's a that's you're right on the cusp of the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Right. So they're here's there. what their defense. Let's start there because it seems to be their strength. You got Pelic and Pollock, which are a great defense pair. It's just a broadcaster's nightmare, though. You have other Aho Sebastian, so other Sebastian Aho, also a other Sebastian Aho. and Noah Dobson. Yeah. You have Alex Romanoff, which you know famously was going to be the the next Larry Robinson for the Montreal Canadiens, didn't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And Scott Mayfield, um, it's pretty good. pretty good defense. It's core. a really good core. There's I don't see a weak spot. I think Ryan Pollock might be one of my favorite non-leaf players i love him for again irrational but love him it's a want him to be a leaf so bad i mean that third pair would be a second or first on some teams in this league yeah Yeah. no it's good yeah um up front this team has struggled struggled to score for years um and last year was supposed to be the year that changed a little bit that's why they moved on from barry trotz but it didn't change they finished 22nd in goals for how much does having horvat and angval uh, and his goofy extension. Um, how much does that help this team score a little bit more? Because they're not going to be among the the highest scoring team uh, score, teams in the league. But you do need Barzal, who's moving to the wing for Horvat. Yeah, right. So that's, that's the fascinating part of this team. So yeah, what? Talk, let's talk about it. Well, their he's whole, an option, right? Yeah, their whole thing is we're going to try and get you going again, and we're going to pair you up with uh, with uh, Bo Horvat and and try and return you to a uh, dynamic goal scorer and see if you can do that. Because yeah, that's the thing about the Islanders is if they can put up goals, they'll be so good. Like that's the only <laughs> thing they're missing right now. Like, like you said, the average. Yeah, like you said, they finished twenty second in the league in goals for, and I think the more egregious number is their power play percentage. Because if you look at the teams who finished ahead of them on the power play last year, it includes Montreal, Ooh. Chicago, Ooh. Columbus, oh. San Jose, Arizona, teams that sh- wow. are just dog poop. <laughs> and did they finish last? What, what they was it? 30th in the league and on PP. Wow. Who finished? Who so was the worse? Ducks? The only two teams below them, Anaheim, yes, because Anaheim was last in everything. Yeah. And Philly. Wow. Is a wasteland of goal scoring. So Whoa. if, if, and they made the playoffs. 
Wow. They made dude. the playoffs with this roster that can't score goals. So I look at the Highlanders team. I'm saying they got one of the best goaltenders. They have great system defense. Their team can stop anybody. Yep. If they just score a little bit, they'll be back in the playoffs. So like the ghost of Barry Trotz, even though he's still alive. Like yeah. that, that's, that's unbelievable. <laughs> Bo Horvat as a number one center uh, is nothing new, right? He's a great player. That's what fun. do you think it means for Barzal? Though, it, it, from all reports, his move to the wing has been going really, really well. Mm -hmm. But what do you think that does in terms of taking the pressure off him? Oh, it frees him up to do so much more offensively. And I, I, I think this guy has what it takes to be one of the most dazzling offensive player in the uh, in the entire NHL. It's just he hasn't really been put in a position to do it. I don't know if he's ever going to be an elite finisher, but he's a crazy playmaker. And the Horvat can finish. Horvat can finish. And the Islanders also have probably one of the most underrated goal scorers in the entire NHL in Brock Nelson. Yes, yes. Man, like no one ever talks about that guy uh, disrespected like Engvall to me sort of matches um, what they want to do. They want to skate with teams. He's not going to grind you down. Kevin Kurz uh, says that Pierre Engvall at 27 years old will be the Islanders breakout player of the year this year. I mean, uh, as a Leaf fan, we kept waiting for it to happen. He has all the tools. He has the size. All the tools. Doesn't use the size, but he's in phenomenal shape. Oh, and, he's and got 24 like abs. Yeah. Um, he... Is 20 goals too much to friggin' ask? For Engvall? Yeah. I think they're expecting it at 3 million bucks a year. Yeah, exactly. But like, you but, also need 20 goals from Barzal, which he hasn't done in like a decade. Or but, I should say, like five years. Engvall is a guy who can play any forward position. He's he's played really well at right wing, left wing. He can play center. I wish the Leafs had played him more at center. And Barzal, I don't know about him on the left, but I know he can do the right, mm -hmm. and I know he can play center. So be on the right. there's, a, there's a little bit more versatility in their lineup. They're, I guess, just committed to being the Swiss army knife of a team. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be marvelous to watch. Yeah. It's not. And like, but once the playoffs arrive, they're going to be misery. Horvat's going to be the, the hopefully the finisher on that line. But I want everybody in the entire group to just bump up their goal scoring a little. Mm -hmm. You know, like I get like, like crack into it by committee. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what you need out of the Islanders because you don't have the elite finishers. You need Engvall to finally become a, a little bit of a goal scorer and ask for 20 goals. You need Barzal to have the 60 assists that hopefully he, he gets back again. Plus add on 22, you know, well, set a career high. How about you have a uh, really good decor and Ilya Sorokin, who's like a top five goalie in the league? Like, take some risks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take some well, risks, I, man. It, it does make me wonder, too, if, you know, certain teams that are bubble teams finally make a decision to retool if the Islanders don't go out. Because they're always aggressive. They right? should they're, have been on to Foley. I, yeah, I agree with that. 100%, Jesse. You know. He'd be a perfect fit. Tarasenko was another one this summer. Yeah. Where I thought, like, that seems to make a lot of sense. Maybe they didn't have the cap room or whatever. Or Lou didn't like them or who, who it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I do think you're going to see them at the trade deadline in the mix for somebody who can just purely finish goals because mm -hmm. Lou likes that. He loves defensive-minded teams and have one guy who's like, yeah, you don't have to do any of that shit. And, <laughs> and you know, look at the Devils teams, his best Devils teams with Kovalchuk, right? Well, that I, was the guy. That might be who Matt Barzal is now. Well, we'll see. Now, uh, we do want to quickly uh, have a minute for two different things. First off, let's talk about the goalies. You, did, you guys have both mentioned them, but Sorokin and Varlamov, one of the better pairs, I think, in goaltending in the league. One of the best one of ones. Yeah, yeah. Soroka, I mean, they really do not need Varlamov. No. They don't. But keep him. I mean, <clears throat> if you could trade him, do it. 
I don't think they can. Maybe maybe Tampa Tampa wants to trade Stamkos for him. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a, you know that could be fun. You know that could be fun. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I whenever Varlamov, I mean. If they ever need them, they'll be happy. It's okay. You can clear your throat. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. <laughs> Sorry, it's that allergy season. There we go. Um, if they ever need him, they'll be happy that they have him. But I think once Varlamov comes off the books and they're able to spend that money elsewhere, the Islanders will be able to take another step. Steve, do you know when that is? Uh, it's a while. It's four years from now. What? I don't think that's uh, anything that's happening but soon. Here's the thing, I thought man. it was next year. No, he's Varlamov signed until 2027. It's a Lou Lamorello team. They're signed <laughs> until they're dead. Yeah. And he's 35 right now. They got, you know what? That might be, look for that piece to be the one that changes. I think there's going to be a team with scoring that needs a goalie. Um, the one thing I do want to do a quick shout out to, nobody embodies being an Islander. Uh, more than Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, and Cal Clutterbuck, who continue to do what most fourth, li- fourth lines around the league cannot do, which is have an identity. The best fourth line in the league. I don't like, there's not another one that has the exact same tenacity as that fourth line. They, they have they the are most impressive. secure jobs in North America. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Islanders' fourth line. <laughs> also signed. I was being Jesse spit out his water. <laughs> but you know it's what? It's true. Every year, and they've been doing this for years, except for Matt Martin's little 18-month vacation in Toronto, they've been doing this every year for (laughs) almost the better part of a decade. Yeah. Well, and like, again, again, the stupid playoffs, but uh, when you're allowed to just beat the shit out of people... They're um, pretty good. They're pretty good (laughs) at just beating the shit out of people. And like, underrated goal-scoring touch. Mm. Like, again, you don't... You shouldn't be relying on your fourth line to score for you, but they can. One of my favorite stories ever, and then we're going to get to your predictions, is Steve uh, playing an entire year in junior in one of the NHL games and then getting drafted... And then uh, his team trading, was it Roberto Luongo? You got drafted the Panthers. It was uh, Jake Markstrom. Jake Markstrom, who had a great potential, and they traded him for Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah, oh, no. But it's okay. Our and starter was Scott Clemenson. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so you quit. Uh, anyway, every time Cal Clutterbuck's name comes up, I think of that. Now, Jesse, Steve, yeah. uh, let's start with Steve this time. Where do you have the Islanders in the division? Jeez, like, again, I got to make sure I have this right. Uh, Maybe I should have went. Jesse, do you want to take it? Fourth. Fourth. (laughs) I'm going to take them at fourth place as well. Since, Steve, to challenge your most secure job in North America, it actually belongs to Chris Lamorello. Ah, that's true. (laughs) Chris Lamorello, who is the assistant general manager in New York. No, he's Uh, he's not going to have that job for long. Because he'll eventually be GM. Yeah, that's probably Who's going to name him that? This is dad. This is daddy. Uh, I have Nepple baby Chris. We I, see you. Listen, nothing wrong with it. Uh, <laughs> I also have them at fourth place on this one. I just, um, I, I, I can't see them. The defense is too good. The goaltenders are too good. Just score a little more. Finish like 15th in scoring. That's all you need. I don't know. Like, why, why have season seats to the Islanders? The regular season doesn't matter. Go to the, the Leaf games and cheer like it's a Metallica concert. And then just wait until the playoffs. There you go. The New York Rangers. Jesse's favorite team called them the Stanley Cup favorite at the uh, start of last year. And the Rangers went from young and fast to old and slow pretty quickly. Dizzyingly. Dude, they went from dominant to bums in a game. Listen, it doesn't mean they're bad. It means that they've changed a lot. I want to start with Jesse on this because that was his bold take last year. Mm -hmm. Are you as high on this team going into this year as you were last year? I am. 
It's, it's a tougher division now because we know how good New, in the New Jersey Devils are. It's not what we expected um, nope. <laughs> last season going into it. But the biggest change for them is Peter LaViolette. Like now that LaViolette is in there, it's a whole new vibe in New York. Gallant's gone. And Gallant overstayed his welcome by a, mi- a million years. And I, he was there two years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's been in every coaching job two years. I don't exactly. know what's up with that guy, but it's crazy. Peter Laviolette's going to come in. And I love what I'm seeing out of training camp from the New York Rangers. Because the big thing out of training camp for them is it seems like the big thing across a bunch of different teams is moving guys to different positions in the forward group. Laugh is going to play right wing. And having Lafreniere on the first line, right wing, might be the thing that gets him going. If they, oh Jesse, this season get a first overall pick to play like a first overall pick, that is a boost that no other team is getting. Adam, I I, I will <laughs> say I Adam, love what what arm of propaganda are you wearing? Excuse <laughs> me, what? I, no, Does laugh on the wing, not excite you. That's something he didn't want to do. He didn't want to play right wing. All last year, because Gallant couldn't get him to do it, he likes the left wing, Adam and now he's laughable. a right winger. He can fit on that first line. I'm very hopeful. So I that think- was a good explanation, sure. But it started like someone trying to justify their difficult friend yeah. to the rest of their friend. Yes, yes. You know, like no, he's really, like, like he, he'll warm up and it. Uh, no, I'm not buying. I think there's buyer's remorse on Lafreniere, and and it's not because oh, he's a bad guy, but. Frankly, the fact that a player is saying, I won't move from the left wing to the right wing because I like it, and you've had zero NHL success, and he hasn't. I think that's... Yeah, and now he's moving. I think that's, I think that's ballsy, man. I think, like, I, I think it's a microcosm like, of a new vibe of the Rangers. It's something Gallant couldn't get them to do. It's one thing, and Laviolette comes in. It's the new regime. Hey, we're going to try this thing out. Laugh is open to it. I think you're going to have a new vibes of the Rangers where it's not we're all kind of unhappy here and collapsing on, a, on a, ourselves and losing to the Devils. We're going to have so a strange. new, more fun... New York I, now listen, I don't I don't disagree that that's great, but like but you know, Pierre Luc Dubois started pulling that shit after he scored 60 points. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this yeah, it's thing. like who the hell are you? Yeah. yeah. Like and listen, I that was a few years ago now. pick, but that's what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And I yeah. think Lafreniere and Capocacco have a ton to prove. It doesn't mean they can't. It doesn't mean they don't have the skill. I'm just not sure that either of those guys are going to convert to be what the Rangers hope they would be. This is the proof of here. I do think it's very interesting that Peter Laviolette has this reputation of just completely sewering young guys. And the very first thing he does when he gets to New York is promote a struggling young player to the first line. Yeah. That's also interesting. Man, Jesse, you're you're down with the Laviolette pick. Again, that's another one where I'm like, why? Really? You don't when like- he was hired, I was like, him? You don't like Peter? You know what, man? He's, we, he's won a lot. I we, would have we went, went through Andrew this. Burnett, but that's just me. Yes. We agreed. went through the... I, listen, I, I think I agree with you, but we... Rangers fans hated that signing when it happened, and then we went through his record, and we were like, wait, this is really good. He's won a lot. but He's he, had a lot but, of success. But is one of those player, those guys who, you know, there's players... And it's not because of anything bad, but just because I think he wears out his welcome. you got a time frame for Laviolette. Uh, and then afterwards, they kind of go, yeah, I'm glad he's good. That makes him the majority of professional hockey coach. And there you go. Now, let's talk about the defense, guys. It's looking like Lindgren Fox, Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba, Eric Gustafson, former Leaf, and Braden Schneider, Zach Jones, and Connor McKay, or sorry, Mackey could could step in. Uh, what do you guys think? Um, I, it's, I mean, the top four especially looks really, really good. 
I mean, when Eric Gustafson scores more points than John Klingberg, it's going to be really painful. <laughs> it's just going to hurt so much. But not to make it about the Leafs. Uh, the Rangers have a exciting decor that might do some stupid stuff uh, every now and then, but they have the biggest, best pure hitter in the league right now uh, in Jacob Truba, and he's got this reputation, and you have to keep your head up when you're crossing that blue line. Um, yeah. and it's going to screw up teams entries. Mm -hmm. It does play a factor. Like it, it plays an actual strategic role. You have bleh, top three offensive defensemen, mm -hmm. uh, with Adam Fox. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kale McCarr exists, mm -hmm. so that's kind of difficult. And I love Keandre Miller's game. I think there's so much potential there and I would look for him to take a big step on that point. Guys, I want to focus on him. Arthur Staples says Keandre Miller will be I mean he broke out last year but he he thinks that he will be up there uh as one of those guys who's an outside Norse guy and he thinks under Laviolette's system well eventually eventually uh, I mean Brennan, he's gonna, not even the best defender on the Rangers 100 percent. but you uh, gotta you gotta look at it like is he a top is he potentially a top 10 defenseman in the league I mean maybe one day um, I don't think yet he said and, and I like him a lot uh he said Laviolette's system encourages defensemen to get up the ice and his incredible skating should get him more notice. So really good puck rusher. So Jesse, what do you like about Keandre Miller the most? Oh, I think Keandre Miller is such a, he's just a standout of the defense because I think when you look at it, there's something more to be desired from Zach Jones, Braden Schneider, Ben Harper, and Mac Hollowell. Like I think when you, when you look out outside of Keandre Miller and Adam Fox and Truba, and I guess you throw in Ryan Lindgren, you need more. Mm -hmm. Don't so, disrespect little Mac. <laughs> How dare you? Just because he's actually leave. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't like rule out jury making a trade on the back end to come go get Keandre Miller some support because there's a, there's a young guy who, if he can get him a solid partner to play with for the rest of the season, you know, he can have a really great season. Um, um, I see a trade happening on for defense for the Rangers. We know that the, that Igor Shosturkin can be a Vesnit candidate basically every year. Uh, he's got a couple years left at $5.6 million. Last year was undoubtedly not the year that he would have wanted to have. Um, and I think a lot was put on him. I don't want to talk about Igor Shosturkin until we talk about his backup, Jonathan Quick. I was going to say he's going to have to be real good. Apparently, according to some Rangers reporters, Jonathan Quick has been borderline unplayable in the preseason. Not great. Not oh great. Boy. So now, listen, that could be people being a little bit obnoxious on Twitter or whatever. Mm -hmm. But is there anything? Is there any juice left, left to squeeze with Jonathan Quick, guys? It's why they have Louis Domingue. I mean, okay. you know, the King Domingue. Baby. Yeah, like Ooh. Louis De Louis Domingue. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's a client of somebody. Noted. Alan Walsh client. <laughs> Louis Domingue. He's sitting there and waiting. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, yes, he is. Um, but. If Quick can't do it, and they call up Deming and Deming can't do it, they're going to have to go out and get help. Mm -hmm. um, going into the season and just being like, uh, Jonathan Quick, we're going to get Vegas's like, what, fourth, fifth goalie? Mm -hmm. I mean, I do think there's some juice there. Um, we saw it with Vegas. He did have some good games. Mm -hmm. But we're getting to that point. You ever squeeze a lemon into a drink? You're like your, yeah. your arm is shaking. I, uh, we're getting real close to having a dry lemon. Yeah, Shister he was one of the worst goalies in the league when he was in L.A. last season. Yeah. Can Igor Shosturkin be a Vesna candidate? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, looking at him in his career so far, I would bank on him 
being what he was uh, leading up to last year, not last year. He, he also recovered too. Now the Rangers, who were very very young at one point, their four top player, sorry, four top players on making money, I guess, on the forward group. <laughs> Panarin, Zabinijad, Kreider, and Trocek, 31, 30, 32, and 30. Philip Heedle uh, is 24, and he's the next highest paid. What does that say about the Rangers and, like, winning now? I mean, they want to win now. And that's why, like, they need their young guys to step up and join them, mm. right? Um and that's, what is that's the long and short of it because they're not going to get traded. Yeah. No, they're not. I'm worried that the rest of the league is caught up with the New York Rangers because the where they were, uh, even going into last year and the year before, and like that little three year window, they were such this this everybody's kind of in their late to mid twenties. They have such dynamic offense and and they have one of the best goaltenders. And now the rest of the league is kind of caught up to New York, and I'm afraid that they've surpassed them as well. They they blew it last year. They really really blew it. Blake Wheeler. $800,000. What's he going to bring to this lineup? A big old bunch of goals. Uh, power play specialist. Don't ask him to back check. He's not going to do it. Um, but he's he's going to help him score some goals. And like really underrated prick. Oh, yeah. He's tough. He yeah. can play yeah. like a prick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jess, do you like it? Yeah, I think you bring him in there for some leadership purposes to to get those goals. I don't know how how effective a 37-year-old is going to be in the lineup, but I think they have him playing as high as the third line. So that brings me to this then, gentlemen. Where do you have the New York Rangers finishing? Again, it's the Metropolitan Division. Um, there's two teams at the top, two teams at the bottom, and the rest is a clump. I spun the wheel and have the Rangers third. Jesse. I have the Rangers third as well, and some some of the lines. You can't. You had the Islanders third. Oh, sorry. I have oh, yeah, Rangers. because you changed your mind to be a dick. <laughs> this is what, what do like, you mean? Yeah. How did you put the Islanders third? What, are you oh, going to make them both yeah, third? No, I have the Islanders fourth. What are you talking about? <laughs> you suck. <laughs> the Rangers are third. Yeah, I think they're yeah, third yeah. as well. Uh, 107 <laughs> points. By the way, I didn't ask you guys. What are the betting odds on the Rangers finish? What do you think? Just throw numbers at me. No, uh, what do they have last year? You 107. Know? Okay. Mm, one oh. 2.5. Jesse. Oh, that's a good one. 103 and a half. 101.5. No! Oh, I will get one of these. Okay. The Flyers were bad two seasons ago, so they brought in John Tortorella to sort out the attitude problems in the dressing room. And then they were bad last year. But at least in their view, they sorted out some of the personality issues uh, and made some of the right moves that they want to make. And at least they got rid of their leading scorer. Kevin Hayes, right? Is that yeah. Kevin Hayes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anytime you can do that, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't get along with the head coach. And the head coach is the face of the franchise right now, which tells you where the franchise is at. Now, the Philadelphia Flyers finished seventh with 75 points last year. What do you think their betting odds are at? Mm, Four points finish. 72.5. Jesse. What they finished last year? Seven, seventh with 75 points. Seventh with 75 points. I'm going to say uh, 72. What did you say? 72 and a half? Yeah. You can, Damn you it. can agree with them. I agree. Okay. Well, by the way, this is the only time a team I've seen this with. 75 and a half are the betting odds. They think they're going to be exactly the same. Oh, okay. So that's, I think that's interesting. Now, a um, lot of questions about how the Flyers can possibly stay out of the basement of this division, but Torts has squeezed blood from a stone before. We've seen that. Let's look at the moves first. Mm -hmm. Provorov out. Cal... Peterson in. I like a lot of the things they've done like for their future. Sure. But for their now. So it's going to be Carter Hart, Cal Peterson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're an injury away from Cal Peterson starter. 
and uh, Urson? I think Samuel Urson, yeah. yeah. Who could enter as the backup? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I could see Samuel. I don't, I haven't checked out. Like, it's it's so hard to check out everybody's training camp. So I don't know yeah, how no. Urson's been playing. Hard what do you mean? <laughs> there's I'm only sorry, 32 there's, of them. There's 32 <laughs> training camps we got to run through. So I don't know if Urson's uh, competing for the job right now, but like, I can see him stealing. Well, I mean, no Cal, one's claiming Peterson. If Cal Peterson played like he did last year in Los Angeles, then it, the job might be given to him. Like, he, it was really, really bad. And I wonder if this year he tries to find that value back in his game. Because if he's playing at his best, $5 million bucks isn't that much for two more years to spend on a goaltender. He yeah. might be trade bait if he's good. I Yeah, that's the thing with Peterson, right? Like, I don't know if he's ever going to get back to $5 mil, But is he going to get back to NHL goaltender? Which he wasn't uh, last year. I think that's the case of the yips. I, I really do. I, I think he'll get it back. Um there was nothing to suggest that was how bad Peterson was at any point in his career. So we're also forgetting that this is a four horse race because they have Felix Sandstrom, who's oh, also yeah. on an NHL deal. So uh, and it should be Ivan Fedotov. Yeah. And Fedotov's still out there somewhere in Siberia. Well, he's, he's playing. He's playing. Mm -hmm. At least he's playing. Um, what, is, what does uh, a healthy Cam Atkinson and a healthy Sean Couturier do for this team? Oh, Makes them watchable. <laughs> what was that? I thought you were going to be more positive about it. <laughs> I, that was positive. <laughs> Jesse, what are your thoughts? I think that there's a lot of hope in having those two players on the roster because you start off last season and you don't have them at all. You know, they, they weren't around. And mm -hmm. just by adding those two guys by default, you're going to be a little better. Well, Atkinson was also uh, like a Tortorella advocate. He's a disciple. Yeah, like not... Having him in the locker room um, with injury, I'm sure, hurt things last year. Agreed. And, I mean, Sean Couturier, I mean, perennial Selkie candidate uh, when he's healthy, but it's been a long time. He won the Selkie in 2020. Yeah, it's, that's well, a, it's a long been, time ago. It was then and then. That is a Selkie Trophy winner who hasn't played a uh, National Hockey League game since December 18th, 2021. So, mm. Wow. Uh, it's been that long? Yeah, that's wow. how long it's been. That's a long time. It's going to be good to see him back in the lineup. Mm. Like that, that will be. It's on the human level. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Oh, of course. Uh, their defense is ranked currently fourth worst in the league by the Athletic. Mm. You can kind of see why. Let me run you through. Travis Sandheim, Rasmus Ristolainen. Cam York, bright spot. Sean Walker, Nick Sealer, Mark Stahl. Uh, according to The Mark Athletic, Stahl. Philadelphia is yep. desperately short on high-end top four defensemen. Yeah. <laughs> but Cam York could have... That's a guy I think they're pinning a lot on. They're hoping that he develops. Uh, of course. Um, I still think... You know, we, we talked about Columbus. I think they're done tearing it down and they're just going to build up the young guys. I don't think the Flyers are done doing that yet. Mm -hmm. um, but Cam York is sort of the front lines uh, of the youth mo uh, movement in, in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, what do you think about Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen, gentlemen, as your top? I mean, it's it's horrible. It's terrifying. Um, Sanheim, they, I could still see getting moved. But yeah, I'm just going to say, Sanheim is a valuable piece. $6.25 million. He's not a bad defenseman. It just seems like he's in a bad spot. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he part of that failed trade with St. Louis? Yes, he was. Yeah, so that's interesting. And there's a guy who knows he's on the move. I mean, if they could tie a rocket to Ristolainen, and I'm, I'm sure they would. Um, the the one positive vibe thing, I don't get the impression the team liked Ivan Provorov very much. 
And I think they're probably happy to see the back of him, no matter how good he is. Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Ristolainen are both locked up for, well, one of them for the next four years, Sanheim even longer. How how devastating for this retool, rebuild? It, it To me, this isn't a retool. This is a full rebuild. Yeah. Um, how devastating was the Chuck Fletcher era for the Philadelphia Flyers franchise? Oh, it set him back half a decade. <laughs> set him back half a decade. I, I mean... It's one thing when you earnestly make the decision to rebuild, which they have now. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't the decision they made. They thought they were good and they were shit. Like some teams think they're good and they miss the mark a little bit. The Flyers strike four. <laughs> like, Jesus. dude, really, really, really bad sub NHL management. Um, will the owner um, ownership group look at this new general manager, mm -hmm. Daniel Briere, and kindly fuck off. Uh, I guess we'll see. <laughs> um, Jesse, uh, Emil Andre, uh, another guy that they're kind of looking at to, um, to, to work his way up into the lineup. Do you have any concerns from the past about John Tortorella and young players, and this is where the Flyers are supposed to be going? I think I, I don't have a problem with John Tor Tortorella being in charge of this lineup. I think John Tortorella has proven that he can take young teams and he can motivate them to play above their abilities. And I think he's the good rebuilding coach. Yes. You know, you want Jordan, John Tortorella around a young lineup that he, he can just yell at and motivate. And there are real no expectations on them. I, I have no problem with John Tortorella coaching this team. John Tortorella got a lot of positive press over the yeah. last few weeks without saying a word. Yep. That's how bad Mike Babcock People lo loved him in Columbus. Yeah. I think he did did wonders with that group there. Well, yeah. he certainly pulled more out of them than anyone could Exactly. Have and I think that'll be his goal here in Philadelphia. So, yeah, the young guys, I'm not too concerned about uh, John Torello being their coach. That when dude is, is, is the Buckley's cough syrup of coaches. Tastes <laughs> awful, but it works. When he's calm and he talks, I, you always hear him talking about playing the right way. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you just want the players to play the the right way because whenever he's talking to like two reporters he's never looking at them in, in the eye no. when, when he's thinking he's looking Can't down do he's focused <laughs> what does playing the right way in philadelphia look like this year and to, and to add on to that question gentlemen what will have to happen this year in the flyers organization for it to be considered a success internally uh i think uh playing the right way uh, for john tortorella first of all finishing all your your checks um not dogging it on any single play, but you know, you can have as much strategy as you want. Hockey's played on ice with a rubber puck, right? Like mm -hmm. shit happens, but on those 50, 50 plays defer to defense, right? Don't go for the offensive mm -hmm. play. Don't fuck it up. Don't have the puck go the other way and go in. Jesse, what do you think that means for them? What is it? What's it considered a success in Philadelphia this year? I first a success for me is watching what Daniel Briere does. Like, I think now that he's there, he's now he has the, the reins, you know, now it's Daniel Breer's job to tear down the rest of this roster and get rid of all of those moves that Chuck Fletcher made. And I'm excited to see how the rebuild goes and who they decide to send out and who they keep, because they don't have the dearth of young talent that most rebuilding franchises have. Like we look at some of the other rebuilding teams. We're like, oh, yeah, there's some pieces there. There's a piece. Daniel Breer needs to go and get those pieces. Yeah. Like they're not currently in the system. They also got to be like watchable, dude. Like yeah. It, yeah. They, I, I think part of the reason Flyers fans were so unhappy last year is it's just a countdown to the trade deadline. <laughs> Get me out of here! Like and like after the trade deadline, who are you even watching? Mm -hmm. 
What are you even watching? Remember, no, but not outside of the start to the year. Remember they started like 4-0? Oh? It's stupid. And then, and then from there it was disaster. Like outside of <laughs> Noah Cates? Like, uh, I don't know. What were you watching for? Mm-hmm. Yep. So with that in mind, where do you have the Philadelphia Flyers in the Metropolitan? Uh, <laughs> in the Metropolitan, even though it's pretty mid. And teams at the bottom could surprise because it's so mid. But uh, I have them below the Blue Jackets. I have them eighth. If they surprise and finish seventh, good for them. Jesse. Octopus. No. Octopus legs are six, right? Yeah. Spider legs. No, no octopus. No, octopus. Oct- octopus octo eight. is eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spiders. How many spiders? Six. Spiders is six. Yeah. Right? Yep. Octopus legs. Eight. Yeah. Daddy. Wow. This is. How many legs does a spider have? Come on, guys. It's six. I thought. It's six legs. Yeah, no, is Adam's it? right. Yeah. yeah. Shut up, stupid. Come on. <laughs> anyway, <All right>. listen, <laughs> I, I also have them in eighth. I can't see any way that they don't finish eighth. It's, Spider-Man only has two. I, he's Spider-Man. He's not Spider. All right. Eighth place for the Flyers. Let's move on. Octopus. The Pittsburgh Penguins. They're highly skilled. They're highly publicized. They got the biggest, most talked about GM. They got the biggest, most talked about defenseman. And they're old. Hmm? Oh, are the Pittsburgh Penguins a playoff team? Um, okay, so let's start at the beginning with Kyle Dubas. What does he bring to the front office that will change the Penguins? We obviously are well acquainted with Kyle Dubas. What is he going to do here? And 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 I'm not talking about just like specific players. I'm talking about ethos. Well, he's he's got two missions, right? Get them a Stanley Cup probably over the next two years. Uh, and then that's when the conversation of rebuilding begins. Right. Um, the the Penguins and Capitals are always going to be tied at the hip in terms of how they're perceived. Pittsburgh might be better than them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Capitals' future is brighter. Like the the Penguins, who in the organization under like twenty one uh, do they even have? It's not a very big list. Um, and if you're a really harsh critic, you could argue it's no list, but, um, he's going to come in and he's going to be bold. Um, he's already gone out and gotten Eric freaking Carlson and, uh, solved a bunch of issues while doing it. Um, so, uh, we've seen Dubas do that with Toronto when he started off, but again, they, they need a cup. They need to get Crosby his last cup. And they went out and got a guy who got out of the first round once. It's yeah. it's interesting. I don't think anybody can disagree with getting Crosby his last cup. But Jesse, of course. do you agree with them sticking with Malkin and Latang and then doubling down on the age by bringing in Carlson to get Crosby his last cup? Yeah, yeah. Like, what are, what are you gonna do when you have Crosby, Malkin, and Latang? You're not gonna move one of those guys. Kyle Dubas walked in there and his hands were tied behind his back. You're not going to look Sidney Crosby in the eye and say, hey, I'm your new boss and I'm getting rid of your two guys that you spent your entire career with. That's he's, that's a ridiculous way to start your tenure in Pittsburgh. He's only like six years older than him. <laughs> <laughs> Dubas is? Yeah, yeah. At five than Malkin. Yeah. And so uh, I think he had to go with those three and getting Eric Carlson is you. He wanted to make the biggest splash of whoever was available. And that was the giant defenseman that was out there. So I I see it all makes logical sense. The direction that Dubas is going funniest power play in the league. It is going to be like just looking at it. Like the the play hasn't even started yet. You're just looking at who's lining up on the face off and you just go lol. So it's Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, probably Latang, and Carlson. Do you do you I mean throw Latang and Carlson on the same power play unit? Yeah. 
you know, I mean, split if them up. enough puck, I don't know. I don't actually I don't, I, I don't I, even know. They're probably going to go with that, but like, yeah. I would probably split sign Kessel. Yeah. Yeah. Sign, yeah, sign, yeah, him. sign him. It's sign funny. Him. Uh, it's funny. The Athletic has the Penguins defense among the best in the league, just outside of the God tier, like Hurricanes level. Um, I wanted to know if you agree because I'm not sold. Ryan Graves, Chris Letang, Marcus Pe- Pedersen, uh, Eric uh, Carlson, uh, P.O. Joseph, and Chad Ruedel, and then Ty Smith is on the outside looking in. Unless that's, you, that's you, Oliver Pierre to you. I'm oh, sorry, Oliver or Pierre. Pierre Oliver. Pierre Oliver. That's what it is. Oliver. Um, so. What do we think? Uh, they're going to move the shit out of that puck. Um, I like Marcus Pedersen a lot. I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, but like Carlson is so bad in his own end. So bad. And like Latang's getting there. I mean, you you do have some guys who, you know, now they have zero offensive burden whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Marcus Pedersen and uh, Ryan Graves. So that's good. I don't hate either deal, really. Um, but... To call it, <laughs> it's to they call it the fourth best in the league. Uh, one of the it's just outside of like the, the second tier. Second, it's second tier. So I would imagine it's, it's probably seventh or eighth. I mean, they're good. They're good at one <laughs> thing. Here, does this good make at sense? one thing? Yeah, they're good at one thing. They're good at uh, overall. Are they good hockey players? Yeah. Can they defend? No, no, not at all. Right. And that brings me to uh, what is Pittsburgh going to do in net? Because if they if you know, if you're going to concede a lot of shots, you're going to need Tristan Jari and Alex Nedeljkovich, who is now a Pittsburgh Penguin, to stand on their heads. And Jari is what he is. He's 28 years old. The, the good and the bad. And Penguins fans are familiar with both. Nedeljkovich has now had two franchises give up on him. I wonder like, are we feeling good about these guys catching a lot of rubber? Like, Jari is one of the most mystifying goalies in the entire NHL. Every time you go and look at his numbers, they're good. Mm-hmm. Every time you go and watch him play, it's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the last time you watched like, a, a Pittsburgh Penguins game and Jari was good? Well, it's not even good. It's the goals he... He'll, he'll go in there, stop, I don't know. 30 of 33, which is a pretty good night. Yeah. And the and two of the three stink. Yeah, but you should have been, yeah, 32 of 33. Like, they just stink. Yeah, he also hasn't been good in the playoffs in a long time. Yeah, and Ned, um, it's Ned. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like yeah, there's, there's still potential there. Like, wasn't he nominated for the Calder? Yeah. I believe, and we ripped the Hurricanes for giving up on him. And he went to Detroit. And said with his whole diaphragm, he said, I know it's not pronounced that way. He said, I am not that guy. I'm not that guy, pal. Trust me. I'm not that guy. He was I am the not chance. the guy who got nominated for the Calder. I am a waiver goalie. Ryan Graves was an interesting signing. Long term at four and a half million dollars. It is just objectively for the player especially uh, as we move into a very accelerated cap era. Uh, Very, very good value. And it seems like he's a guy that is totally cool with being there for the end of the Crosby era and the beginning of the next one. And the next one is a bunch of question marks. They could be down where Philadelphia is in a couple of years. What do you feel about what Ryan Graves brings to this team, guys? Oh, I mean, he they do need a player like that. If you concede that, hey, we're going to play some stupid fun hockey on the right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the left's got to be a little boring. Okay. Uh, so he's got to know what his job is, right? And I mean, 
he he played with Colorado. Um, they weren't like, all right, here comes Ryan Graves to save the day. No, they had Devon Taves and Kel McCarr and uh, you know Sam Gerard, Bo Byron, lesser degree, all those guys, yeah, Bo Byron, Sam Ger- like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like th- there were guys who who could move the puck there. Um, you got to be a brick shit house. Um, a couple of interesting ads uh, uh, that seem very Pittsburgh. Okay, uh, like Brian Rust esque. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that, you know, Rust is still there, but you less know, upside. Yeah, a little less upside. Riley Smith, you know, uh oh, a very interesting. Not guy. who I thought you were gonna say. No, I was gonna bring well, I'll bring up I'll bring up the other guy later, but Here's Riley Smith, what does he bring? Pretty valuable ad, I think. Oh, dude, uh, you added him for a third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy who can score, I don't know, between twenty and thirty goals. There's a guy who can I don't know. Is it out of the question that he could be on your power play? Is it out of the question he could play on the top line? Is it out of the question he could put up 50, 60 points, maybe more? No. And all that for a third round pick and a pretty reasonable cap hit? That's a great move. Nolichari followed Kyle Dubas from uh, Toronto to um, Pittsburgh. You know, we got a short look at him, but I, I got to tell you, he's one of my favorite deadline pickups the Leafs have ever uh, made. What's lot, he going to bring to this team, guys? A lot of people lamented the Leafs losing O'Reilly, losing Luke Shen. I love Nolichari. I mean, just what a... A pain in the ass uh, who's who's like a puck thief and can bang in goals. He can, he's got a decent shot, too. Like, just a guy willing to do everything and a nose that goes in three or four different directions. Yeah. So, so you know what he's willing to do. Jesse, you look deep in thought. Regarding? Con- I don't know. You're looking contemplative over there. Uh-huh. Is there something deep and and philosophical you have to say about I the think, Penguins? Like, I think if we, if we backed up a little, the biggest question is probably Tristan Jari. You know, when you look at the entire lineup, you're like, okay, they're going to find a way to to put up a couple goals, especially with Eric Carlson. Like the the goals you're going to get yeah. from the defense now, they're going to give up quality opportunities. Like the the forward group might look a little lacking in in offensive skill, but you have to count Eric Carlson amongst the offense that they're going to get. Yes, yeah. so I mean, he's a rover. Yeah, and and I'm probably in the same area that the Athletic has them in terms of the defense. It's not great, but it's in that mid tier. And one of the bigger biggest question marks is Tristan Jari, who has had like one decent season in a few years now yeah. when you go back to the um what was that the 2021 season that he had that yeah. was really good and he's had like one good uh st louis series. He, he went to the all-star game in st louis so that would have been 2020 and you go back to his playoff game so i was looking them up it was he's played that the 2021 season he had six games they were eliminated six games eight eighty eight you oh, know? he was terrible. And last season, uh, he went down with the injury for game one, right? And after that game, so that doesn't No, last count. year they didn't even make it. Oh, sorry, the 2022 season. the year season. before. Yeah, 2022 yeah, yeah, yeah. season. So, like, Tristan Jari has very little experience in the playoffs, and I don't know. That's kind of the biggest question mark for me is in goal for them. It's funny. We're putting around the edges. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, who you just sort of pencil in missing between 20 and 40 games uh, <laughs> every year, uh, were really, really good uh, in relatively healthy seasons. So we need that a little bit more of that for the Penguins to succeed. And if you don't get it, then it's Jeff Carter and his band of merry men. That's and right. You're kind of screwed. <laughs> so with that, gentlemen, where do you have the Pittsburgh Penguins finishing in the Metropolitan? I mean, they're arguably the biggest wild card in the division. Um, fifth. I'm just not that impressed. Jesse Blake. Yeah, I have them behind the Islanders in fifth. I do too, and I I'm going against my own gut, which is you never bet against Sidney Crosby. I I was 
you know, people weren't very happy with me. I said I think he had one of the worst July 1sts out there. Uh, it's improved by the fact that Eric Carlson is now a Penguin. Uh, I did love the Nolachari thing. Maybe I was just salty about that. But Riley, I <laughs> yeah, and Riley Smith, too. Really great pickup. I just don't believe yet. You got to prove it. Got to prove it to me. Don't believe yet. We'll see what happens. They are going to be fun to watch, though, no matter what. It's Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, it's been so long since the Washington Capitals were mediocre that it's almost hard to believe it. And when you saw it last year, you almost couldn't believe your eyes, right? Uh, they were extremely mid. Uh, and, you know, Kuzi has, for the fifth time, I think, requested a trade and isn't getting one. Uh, <laughs> are things getting any better this year in Washington? So before we get into breaking it down, they finished sixth, 80 points. What are the betting odds, do you think, gentlemen? How many points? 80, 80 points last year. Eighty-one point five. Okay, Jesse. Uh, seventy-seven and a half. Wow, you're both uh, a little off. Eighty-five and a half for some what? reason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's that. That makes sense. It's the. I guess they're thinking about the brand name. You know, because I think uh, the casual fan would be a little higher on Washington than we would be. When you look at their roster, Jesse, I think you're right. It's not. Dude, it's I, not that these guys aren't good. It's just that they're older. Like, I tend to lean over. That's that's a big under for me. Ovechkin, 38. Backstrom, 35. Kuznetsov, 31. Oshi, 36. Mantha, 29. Tom Wilson, 29. Healthy. Uh, yeah, Dylan Strom, 26. Sonny Milano, 27. And then you look at their defense. John Carlson, 33. Nick Jensen, 33. Trevor Ann Reebsdyke, uh, 32. Uh, you know, Good and, little career. And eh? Joel Edmondson. 30. Yeah, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, for sure. Yeah. Like, Great third-pair defenseman. He's always like been in his brother's shadow, kind of, but like he's played a shitload of games. This roster would look a whole lot different, though, guys, if the Capitals had decided to keep Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek a couple of... Or, sorry, not a couple of summers ago. Like last summer. Last summer. But they ended up with Darcy Kemper mm -hmm. and Charlie Lindgren. Let's start there. How do we feel about that goaltending pairing? Um, I think it's... That NHL. sound of voice, by the way, is not good. I know. Uh, uh, it's, I would say NHL average. I mean, Charlie Lindgren, I think he can... He's a backup. Yeah, he worked mm -hmm. himself into being a pretty good backup. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a rare example of one goalie catches left, the other goalie catches right. I know some goalie coaches, that pisses them off. Um, and Darcy Kemper, uh, I think, can get back to the Stanley Cup winning goalie that he was with Colorado. You do. Well, remember, he, he was coming off an eye injury. Which is kind of kind of tough for a goalie, yeah. you know. So I, I I think he can be better. Jesse Blake, what do you think of that goaltending duo? I don't mind it, especially at that price point. You it's know, you're fine. spending six uh, six point three five million dollars on Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. Darcy Kemper is a guy who has a ton of experience. You know, he's proven that he can. You can't he, all be Carolina. You know, like, he can, he's proven he's been a National Hockey League starter. You know, and I feel like it's just kind of the hold fort for Washington. And that, yeah. that's all that you can expect. Mid-tier goaltending. Well, and, and then so then we're going to let's bring it to the defense. Okay? This is like somber. I, it is. Yeah. Especially because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, no part of this lineup excites me outside of OV chasing down Gretzky. Right. I, I disagree like, there. I, I, I'm excited to see Backstrom play healthy for the first time in years. Yep. Uh, Wilson is an X factor in this league. And last year, his health didn't allow him to be. If he's uh, fit as a fiddle, 
That X factor is right back. Don't forget, Tom Wilson's uh, contract extension starts next year, not this year. Pardon? Uh, he has He's making $5.16 million now. He will be making six point five starting 24-25 until 2030-2031. Wow. Oh, See, this is, no. Now, listen, if he's healthy, he's worth it. But that's a big if. How old is he? Uh, 29. Madness. Madness. Dude, that's... But we said that about his first deal. But they were coming off winning a cup, right? Like when they won the cup, he got that money. Who cares? But I feel like it's like... That it ended is, up being a pretty good deal. 100%. He better be healthy. He was in his 20s for that deal. Yeah. Oh, my own. So this oh. is, this is going to be uh, a very interesting thing. And I, I want to run you through the Caps defense, which is listed among the top 10 worst defense cores in the league. Wow. Uh, Bottom 10. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I like top 10 worst. <laughs> top <laughs> I feel 10 like it worst. hits harder, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, John Carlson, Rasmus Sandin, Martin February? Ferrivari. Ferrivari. I never get his name right. Nick Jensen, Joel Edmondson, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Offensive? I think that's fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, John Carlson is great. I mean, Rasmus Sandin uh, getting some reps on that Capitals power play is going to be funny. I mean, Ovechkin basically stands still, so uh, he'll he'll you know where he'll be. It's great because like uh, everyone gets a chance on the top unit. The top unit is the one with Ovechkin, and he stays out for the full two minutes. So there you go. Um, uh, you know, worse guys to learn from than John Carlson, Joel Edmondson. Eh. Not huge on that player, like especially at this age. NHL GMs seem to be though. They friggin' love him. They love um, them, a Joel Edmondson. Well, I mean, he's because he's just willing to. Dentists love him. <laughs> he's just willing to punch you in the jaw and general face. And dental plan owners hate him. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, they do. It's. It just seems like it's. I'll allow the rest of the team. A couple of question marks, specifically with Rasmus Sandin, right? What he can be. But you you, you can kind of see what I meant when I was comparing the Capitals and the Penguins. Mm -hmm. Like, Farivari's not that old. Sandin's not that old. A guy like Connor McMichael. Like, I, I know I'm missing <laughs> Alexander guys Alexander Alexiev? Uh, yeah, uh, Mirashenenko, I forget yeah. his name. Yeah. Um, Andrew Crystal. Like, they, they have some prospects. Not all guys who are going to play with the team right away, but there's... Hope and a future for the Capitals. Jesse. You it, it's funny. Bye. It's funny you bring up Pittsburgh and Washington because Pittsburgh has the oldest forward group in the National Hockey League. Their average age of 31 and Washington is right there in second. I was about to 30. say older than the Caps. Their Washington Capitals uh, average age is 30 for their forward group. Wow. wow. Pittsburgh's 31. So wow. It's not... And it's, it's probably not a lot skewed of young, because of the young guys the Capitals have. Yeah, it's not a lot of young talent in the forward group there for either team. Wow. And something else that's sort of frustrating for the Capitals is uh, people have forgotten this. Max Pacioretty is a Washington Capital. Oh. Uh, but he suffered has, has suffered two torn Achilles since the summer of 2022. Spencer Carberry, wow. former Leafs assistant coach, told NHL.com in August that he doesn't have an exact timetable for Pacioretty's return, uh, but he may end up missing the first month or two of the season. He for a year or two million bucks again the capitals get older my question guys is is this the year they pick a direction because you can go the pittsburgh penguins route and try to rebuild a winner around crosby um i wonder if they try to get kuznetsov happy and back in his good place again i wonder if they're looking at backstrom and saying how many how much more gas does he have in the tank and as soon as we know those answers 
then we can make a call. I mean, it's yeah. it's just not an exciting answer at, at all. But you you just hope all the older guys uh, stay healthy and the younger guys take a step. Like I, I don't think it's a tremendously complicated game plan in Washington, and maybe that's good. You know, you get a new coach in there. Um, he ran the Leafs power play last year. Um, like Sandine is probably going to benefit from that a whole uh, a whole ton. Uh, a lot of the uh, younger guys on the Capitals are going to benefit from that as well because Carberry was, I think, some of the guys on that team's coach when he was with the Hershey Bears. Um, so I, I I think they're going to be offensive. They're going to try to hold the fort and be like league average defensively mm-hmm. um, and hopefully get a few saves that still adds up to a relatively mid team, but mm-hmm. maybe you get in the playoffs. Maybe you win a round or two. They're going to have to, they're going to have to pick a direction. Uh, I, what, what are you going to do? Trade Ovechkin? No, I think you have I to think, trade other people. Yeah. Around. I think their hand might be forced this season because where the Washington Capitals are right now is the worst place you want to be in sports. It's where you're too bad. What are you? It's, it's too bad. And you're not rebuilding because you're not bad enough and it's, you're too good and, but you're not good enough to, to make the playoffs and actually compete for a Stanley Cup. And that's kind of where Washington is. Do we think they're a Stanley Cup contender? No. no. Do we no. think they're so bad that they're going to suck and compete with the San Jose Sharks? No. No. That's but- the worst place you want to be. And I feel like this season, they're going to take a little bit of a step back and and their hand is going to be forced to actually rebuild. I think they've drafted deceptively well and they're rebuilding on the fly. I, th- I think they're doing a better job of what Adam keeps saying the St. Louis Blues are doing. Which is rebuilding on the fly. You think they're doing the a better job? Yes. Okay. I think I disagree. Are, I think I disagree too. But I think Doug Armstrong is <laughs> going to prove it. He's going to prove me right, yeah. sir. No, no, you got a lot of faith in faith in uh, Brian McClellan. So yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. What, I don't know if he's greasing your your pockets. Yeah, how much is he paying you? Yeah, it's between me and Brian. <laughs> okay, so with that, gentlemen, where do you have the Washington Capitals finishing in this division? I feel like I said a lot of nice things about them just to put them sixth. <laughs> but I you did say six. get into the playoffs and I was like whoa, yeah, what do you, whoa I don't whoa, understand horses. it's a really really mid division like uh, every third place team in this division is an injury away from being sixth or seventh okay I, uh, I have them sixth what do you have them Jess I have them sixth as well they're gonna be in a terrible terrible position where they think they can challenge for a wild card spot and then they're gonna fall just short and they're gonna get a mid-tier draft pick I don't think that they're bad I think that I don't believe in their goaltending and I'm not totally sold on their forwards either, especially if they can't stay healthy. I have the Washington Capitals in seventh. Uh, oh. It's you know, it, it, I know it's Whoa. a bold prediction, but I don't know that they're better than the Jackets. I don't know that they're better than the the Pens. I know they're not better than the Islanders. I think the Jackets are going to surprise you guys. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really, I okay, Adam. Wow, really? Wow, that's a, no. I, I guess think, we'll. I I think you're going to be wearing. Washington pajamas by American Thanksgiving. <laughs> Man, I can't wait. If we are, we are. That's great. The Aaron Andrews collection extends to all 32 teams. All right, so that's our predictions for the Washington Capitals. I can't wait for you to be angry at me in the comments. They set an NHL record with 135 points last year. Finished first in the division. What a surprise. The Boston Bruins. Now, they are supposed to take a massive step back this year, maybe. Depending upon who you ask. At your own peril. First, right? yeah, of course, because, you know, everybody last year was like, well, they're getting kind of old and look at how great they did. Let's talk about the the odds on for what their their points should be this year. OK, so what do you think the betting odds are? Jesse Blake Sportsbook. 
so what did they have last year? They had 135. Yeah, it's going to be way down from that. Uh, the now, way down from that, that's a long thing to fall. So they oh, could yeah. still fall well. Yeah, yeah. The top, the top teams are probably around like 111. This is about where they've been landing. So I'm going to say they're going to be in around that area. I'm going to say 108 and a half. Okay. I'm going to say 96.5. Steve is closer. If it's 95.5, I'm going to be so 104? mad. 100.5. Oh, okay. Okay. 100.5. Now, that is a 35-point drop, mm-hmm. but that's still good enough, at least by last year's standards, for third in the division. So, wow. and that's just, and this is when the division was, it, it, it unquestionably was the strongest division in the sport. I think that shifted to the Pacific this year. However, the Boston Bruins still should be a threat, right? I yeah. mean, they draft prospects really well. Like there's probably someone who like, we're just not paying enough attention to. The next, Osternock's going to be unreal. The next uh, Johnny Boston. Yeah, like I think there are players. Uh, I've said this before. Sorry, Ross Boston. Excuse Ross. me. Ross Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about Ross Boston. There are players who have an easier time playing like a first line role mm-hmm. than they do a third line one because they're used to like their entire career uh, playing hockey, like dating back to when they were like ten years old Mm -hmm. um they were on their team's first line so you know i'm specifically talking about pavel zaka Mm -hmm. um i i think he's he's a sixth overall pick he's designed to be a team's first line center he just hasn't gotten the opportunity the the boston bruins and the tampa bay lightning i find are the best teams at the next man up is going to fill the job when the superstar leaves easily i think tampa has been the best at it but next up is boston whenever that big chara leaves you know there's always somebody there bergeron's now out coil's gonna hop in their Krugs out you know i find they always got a next guy they they got david pasternak out of nowhere you know so i agree with that they shouldn't have gotten him with the pick that they got him at no yeah so here's i agree with that jesse but when you when you compare them to teams that have had to do this in the past tampa bay is another one right like you you mentioned Mm -hmm. you know the next guy up the one gets excited by their own injuries the one thing tampa has has never had to do well they have had to do but they've had some bad years in between is replace a guy like patrice bergeron right it's it's not it's not that you you can lose a milan lucic and replace him and they have and you can they've lose done his, it expertly a, a 41 year old zidane ochara and replace him Char- younger charlie than that, you mcavoy can. came out of nowhere he did but i'm wondering and, may, and I don't know if they're on this roster. Milan Lucic is on this roster. I don't know if this person is on this roster, but who's going to step up? Is it Pavel Zaka? Yeah. Is, that, is he going to be the Zaka next Zaka and Coyle were bred for this. Yeah. Coyle, I know Bruins fans are a little worried about. There's also... Though, I hate that they got him for a third round. Third round. I know. This is a ridiculous trade. There's also um, an element, and we talked about this since like 2011 when the Canucks were just running the league. Even the best team in the league mm-hmm. has to have a player that fans don't like that much. Okay. <laughs> and like a little under the radar, it was coil uh-huh. a little bit. And people are going, oh gosh, we're going from Bergeron. Like, listen, you're going to take a step back in that category, but your wings are so good that they should make your center's life easier. 
like, oh man, now I got to play with pasta and marshy. Like, what a what a cross oh, what to a bear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. Their their decor is going to be fine. They're going to be fine. One of the guys that may have earned a spot is a fellow named, and he's a second round pick. And this is very Boston, right? Oh, uh, we shouldn't have got him at that pick, but we did. Matthew Poitras, and I hope I'm saying that name right. Uh, it looks as though he might actually be a second or a third line center on this team. And if he's a second line center, he's between Marchand and DeBrusque. And Marchand. Uh, notably compared him to Mitch Marner, which oh, I can't help but man. feel like it was on purpose. I hate but it's, it. it's funny. I read that quote and I'm like, let me see this kid. And then I saw a highlight and I went, mm, this yeah. is pretty good. <laughs> I think you might have him a little high. I think it'll be Zach Coyle one, two, and then he can slot in there in the third line. But like Trent Frederick is also a great player. Like Trent Frederick is a decent third line center if they decide to go in that direction as well. He's a fucking score some goals. Like I, I love him. I think he's a really exciting player uh to have on your team but like he was getting healthy scratched a lot morgan you know, geeky he's, he's gotta play maybe morgan geeky's maybe a better fit there a long 79 time. games last year that's not a lot of healthy scratches is it oh really trent frederick 79 games last year how many games did he play in the playoffs uh five. Oh, huh i don't know who i'm thinking of then <laughs> okay uh on defense <laughs> On Thank defense. you for calling me out on that. Oh, yeah. uh, on defense, you've got Charlie McAvoy, Hampus Lindholm, who's playing the best hockey of his career. Really good. Brandon Carlo, Matt Grizzlick, Derek Forbert, uh, Jakob Zborl. Uh, Zborl. You I should know that because oh. noted Alan Walsh wow. client. Really? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that one. Uh, Look it up. Um, and uh, Shat Deuces is also back there. Is probably their seventh pick. Uh, Shat Deuces. Kevin, Kevin Shat. That that's, that's his Twitter handle. That's his Twitter handle. Shat Actually, Deuces. Yes. Yeah. Shat you didn't Deuces. know that? <laughs> I'm so glad you know that. <laughs> because his name is Shattenkirk and he wears 22. See, the, the thing is with the, the Boston Bruins is uh, people accuse them of being a little bit old last year before the start of the year and they bucked that trend. But I look at this team and I look at the top salaries on this team and I'm going to go with the top 10 salaries on this team. Okay, we got Pasternak, Marchand, Coyle, Zaka, DeBrusque, and we'll include Trent Frederick and then McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo. I'm not including the goalies. Mm -hmm. All but two of those guys are under the age of 30. Mm -hmm. wow. All of them. That's pretty good. The Boston Bruins are young again. Yeah, like, yep. I mean, I know Marchand is the next captain up, but, like, he's on the back nine, too. He's 35. Yeah, like, he he's going to have a short run at this, and then he's got to pass the torch as well. Mm -hmm. I also look Re at... Read those names one more time. Okay, so we got uh, Pasternak, Marchand, Coyle, Zaka, DeBrusque, and I'm going to include Trent Frederick, yeah. and then McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo. McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo. If you... Only isolate those forwards, every forward you just named. The only one who's not a first-round pick is Brad Marchand. Wow. Oh. And he's the second, I'm pretty sure. Damn. Oh, he's the third? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about James Van Riemsdyk? Toronto legend James Van Riemsdyk. A, in a Bruins jersey. B, at this point in his career, playing top-line minutes because that's where he's penciled in right now. <sighs> Seeing James Van Riemsdyk in that building makes me sad. Mm -hmm. It just makes me really sad. Really weird. And I wish we didn't have to see it. And he took like a UFC elbow to the face during game seven. And it wasn't called. And I'll never forgive it. And he's a player I'll always root for. Okay. What On an he, individual level. What I mean, he's never been known for his quick skating. But <laughs> this is a guy who two years ago had still had 24 goals. Still a guy that he doesn't have to skate much on the power play to be good on it. And he's been on the dog shit flyers for, for so yeah, long. He's going to score a lot of power play goals, especially uh, with like McAvoy bombs and, 
and uh, just all the chaos that they create in front. I think Jim Montgomery is a really good coach. Like you, it, they'll put Van Riemsdyk in a position to succeed. Jesse, him on the Flyers was such a wasteland. Like yeah. who knows what was going on with JVR on the Flyers? He tips all in shots years. and 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 scores rebounds. Who was shooting the puck? <laughs> what what rebounds was he tipping? None. Getting in? Yeah, none. They're bad. So I feel like for a million dollars, that's what he's making this year. What could go wrong? You don't even feel bad about getting that bet wrong. If JVR's on the fourth line come Thanksgiving you in don't the care. States, you don't care. it's a million dollars. Power play specials. But they haven't penciled in on one of the top two lines, and that's just free money. Yeah. It's such a, it's great GMing. Uh, Lena Solmark and Jeremy Swayman. I mean, listen, uh, you can say that they lost a lot of talent. I would argue that Krejci wasn't as good as people said that he was last year. I think he was on a great team. He was fine. He was good. He was fine. He was very... Now, no Boston fans are going to be pissed at me for that. Pasternak was just as good until he got injured. He was probably better than a guy who didn't play in the NHL the year before should have been. Sure. Fair enough. Um, so I'm not sure about those. Lost. The, the most important position, though, is goaltender, and they have two very good ones. You, I think they have three. Um, and this is going to be the really interesting thing with Boston. I, I think if they uh, stumble a bit or at least show that they're worth investing in, but they're not quite there, um, splitting up the tandem of Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman uh, could be an option for them. I know for who? for who? Who's the third? Brandon Bussey, who's just got one of the best names in the entire he's world. He's Bussin. Bussin. Yeah. He sure is Bussin. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's been plays in Bussin. In, in, he does. He was uh, really good in the preseason <laughs> so far. Obviously, the preseason isn't done at the time we're recording this. Um, good in the AHL. Uh, he's next man up in net. Now, now they, they don't have to rush him, but it's an option. Now, we're, we need to give Allmark all of his credit for the season he had last year. He was 46 and one. So stupid. He had six losses all season, and that was on a 9.38 save percentage. And I think two of them were at home. It's stupid. Like it's the dude had one of the best goaltender years in the last two decades. And if Bussy's not ready, although he is 25, you got to make a decision here soon. Yeah. Uh, Olmark's got two more years to go. Mm -hmm. Swayman's got another year at three and a half. He's going to be an RFA after that. Swayman's actually younger than Bussy. But if you, wow. do, if you do want to make <laughs> a move there to perhaps bring in a, another forward or high-end forward that, you know, Allmark might be at the top of his trade value right now. And at 5 million bucks, you could make that move. I, 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 agree with you. I don't think you do, what? but you, can. you, have, you have to think about it. You have to think about it. You have to think about it. He's ready. Is all I'm, so, I'm not so, saying you have to, or that it's a great idea. Jesse, I'm just saying I'm you have to think next, about it. I'm sitting next to two guys. One guy said, you got to think about trading Linus Allmark, who is the best goaltender. Uh, he had the best season of any goaltender last season. And the other guy is talking about a guy who's older than the backup as a prospect. Come on. The goaltender is not a problem in Boston. Okay. We talked about several things that came out of nowhere for the Bruins. Uh, Linus Olmark going basically undefeated. Yeah. Like, he showed... And he was undefeated at home, I think, wasn't he? Until, yeah, like, the very like, ender. He's, he lost, he's shown over his NHL career that he's good. Yeah. Like, there was no reason to believe... Like, he would even be like a Vesna nom. So, uh, but he won it in a walk. I think my point is, and this is... A, I Listen, they're not going to trade either of them. But my point is... Mm -hmm. Allmark maybe one more year, but at five million bucks, you you do have at thirty one years old. You go okay. He's had let's say he has another great year in Boston. At some point, you got to have that consideration. And and the thing about Boston is they're great at winning trades. So yes. they do make value trades like Charlie Coyle for a third. 
crazy. So dumb. How? How did that happen? Dumb. What's up with that? Um, they, they, I mean, they didn't, they kind of whiffed on the picks a little bit, but uh, what they were able to magician themselves into uh, with the Milan Lucic deal where they had three first round picks in a row. Yep. I do feel like there's something coming eventually. And Two of those guys are going to be in the opening night lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debruskin's Borrell, uh, Zenishin, I think, is the only one missing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, so listen, Boston Bruins, where do you have them this year, gentlemen? Uh, I mean, the hardest team in the league to place mm-hmm. on account of they were so far ahead of the pack and then they lost their top two centers. What do you even do with that? Um, I still have faith in them. Mm-hmm. I have them third in the Atlantic. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jesse Blake. We're running up on 13 minutes, so I'll be quick. I have them third. Mm. I have them second. There you go. I'm a big Boston believer. And another thing. Buffalo Sabres, fifth last year with 91 points, but sneakily one of the best stories of the regular season. They were a spectacular watch. They were a lot of fun, and they're everything that you want in a hockey team. They're big, they're tough, and they score a ton of goals. And if they can get goaltending sorted out, I think I think they're set. I think they're ready to go. I think they are set. Now, betting odds for their points this year. They had 91 last year, fifth in the division. What do you think they have this year? Uh, 99.5. 99.5. Jesse, what do you think the betting odds are? Uh, they had 91 last year. I'm looking at the standings. I'm going to say that it's going to be in and around that area, 93.5. Wow, Jesse, it's 92.5. Ah! Wow. Yeah, yeah surprisingly conservative. <laughs> Because really again, conservative. And I think the reason that for sense. that, I, I, to me, it makes sense too. And, and, and Jesse, tell me if you disagree with this. But for me, it's, it's, it's really easy to go from 30th in the league or 32nd in the league to 16th in the league, right? Yeah. It's really hard to take that next step, to go from 16th to 10th or to top five or to top three. It's, it gets harder and harder and harder incrementally. Now, the Buffalo Sabres seem like a team that can absolutely do it. And I want to start with the most obvious thing, which is their top lines. Um, and and <laughs> Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner, who has another resurgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tage Thompson. Uh, Dylan Cousins. Alex Tuck. This is a, a really interesting team. Peyton Krebs, I want to include in there, I, too. I sneakily like the addition of Jordan Greenway. Why so do you like Jordan Greenway? Tell, let's go on that. he's friggin' huge. The, the Atlantic division is going to be the nastiest division in the league uh, this upcoming year, but uh, he's not a guy who can just uh, fight and hit and everything. He can bang in a few goals. He was a little down last year. I think he'll be back up. Tage Thompson is... By all accounts, for real. I've never seen somebody that big do that much with that little space. It, it, he has never been that for real. No, he's, no one has ever been more for real. He's been more a super real. The yes. realest of real. Um, this year, for him to take a step forward, what does that look like? Like, I mean, hmm. 40 goals. What else do you need to know? I mean, I don't know if he needs to do more, man. Like, I, at this point, he's he's got to prove he can consistently do it, right? Like, there's a reason we talk about Tage Thompson so much. Uh, Sorry, 47 goals, I said. 47. Uh, we were watching him going, what the f- Where did this come from? Like, yeah. I don't care if he was a first-round pick. The, for the first several years of his NHL career, there was no trace of this. And then he had this crazy speed. This one of the most staggering and underrated one-timers in the entire NHL. Um, he's just got to keep cranking that puck. That's it. Um, he went from, uh, I remember, 2018-2019. First year with the Sabres, seven goals in 65 games. He played one game in 1924, them, no points. 2021, 38 games, eight goals. 
21-22, 38 goals. 22-23, 47 goals. And it was 38 goals, and I want to say almost all of them were like in the back half or something. He just went, oh, hockey, and like just figured it out one day mid-season and hasn't forgotten. Now, uh, uh, that has, you know, that the, the rising tide floats all boats. Obviously, Jeff Skinner is back on it. How important is it to have Jeff Skinner and four more years at $9 million scoring at the rate that we assumed Jeff Skinner would always score at? Well, it was an untradeable boat anchor of a contract. Like, we're talking half retention and picks and maybe prospects to get rid of it. That was that was the conversation we were having uh, with Jeff Skinner. Even if he's overpaid uh, at $9 million, and he's not that overpaid. And it's and not, in tomorrow's NHL, like next year, he won't be. If he's right. scoring and at it, this rate. And it's not a boat anchor of a deal. And also the Sabres currently have just under $8.8 million in cap space. It's crazy. According to Cap Friendly. So uh, you need your big money players to be big money. And he is. Two straight 30 goal years, 33 and 35, which is pretty spectacular. That needs to continue. Now, uh, Jesse, I want to ask you about this. Yep. Really, really important. Yep. One of the things that they were lacking a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. Goaltending. And that's the most fun part of the Buffalo Sabres this year. Outside of Zach Benson, who might make the team as an 18-year-old and Which is crazy. might tear up the league just unexpectedly. It's going to be super fun to watch. But the Buffalo Sabres finished last year third in goals four. Amongst the top 12 teams in goals four last season, they're the only one to not make the playoffs. In power play percentage, they were in the top 10. Amongst those 10 teams in the power play percentage, they're the only one to not make the playoffs. The only reason the Buffalo Sabres didn't make the playoffs was they allowed too many goals. And this season, they might have figured out with a dude named Devin Levi. Devin Levi might come into this league and be everything that the Buffalo Sabres need to be great because all they need to do is stop the puck. And he's looked so good in the preseason. And if it's not Levi, it might be Uko Pekalukanen. It might be Eric Cromrie. I don't think so. But they have a good shot with Levi to finally solve the problem that they haven't been able to solve since like Ryan Miller. Yeah. And it's goaltending. Yeah. And if Levi is for real, the Sabres are so good this year. I, I was looking at their cap friendly. I'm like, oh, their goalies are... UPL and Eric Comrie. Huh. Well, that's going to change where I have them in the Atlantic. But I just, how, how do you keep Devin Levi out of the NHL when he's this good? Like, you know. the, the only way you do it is process because you're like, okay, goalies aren't supposed to come from like straight from college to being your team's starting goaltender. That's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. He should go to the AHL and develop. We've seen a cup of coffee of him at the NHL level. He was good. Got seven games last season, held his own. How do you do? 904, 294. Pretty good. 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 It's good. Good. You can you can hang. And I think like if they just make the decision, Levi's gonna be everyday starter. We're gonna run the one A, one B tandem. Hopefully, I think with I think they should go with uh Pekka in. And if we run those two and they get this kind of goaltending, like a 9-10, would be exceptional. The team is so good. So th- this is the confusion that comes in. Eric Comrie is signed for 1.8. Mm-hmm. Like, is it really going to be uh, Levi and UPL? Maybe. I mean, it could be Conley. Lots of goalies. Uh, hey, there's a team in their division that could desperately use a goalie for the first little bit of the season. Uh-huh. You know, that that's that's a, a, Eric Comrie at that, at that number is highly tradable. Yeah, but uh, the thing about Comrie last year is he was a disaster. 
And yes. that's that's the only reason the Sabres weren't like but you're not a, a giving little up, bit better. You're not giving up the playoffs just because Eric Comrie makes $1.8 exactly. million. If Devin Levi is the guy, then buy Eric Comrie, we'll bury it. You've got to send him to the minors. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. And you you only really have to eat about $450,000 anyway. And that's like enough for the right arm of a second line forward. So I think you'll be all right. <laughs> I, now, one thing I want to say is, obviously the defense, uh, we're still waiting on the Rasmus Dahlin extension, which was rumored. Uh, four weeks ago to be in the neighborhood of like eight years, ten and a half million per season, which doesn't seem out of line with mm-hmm. some of the deals when you consider that Jake Sanderson, after one year, got eight million or eight point two or whatever it is. That that Rasmus Dahlin contract, established guy, dominant guy, seems like a great fit. I want to talk about him in a second, though. Owen Power, yeah. because of Rasmus Dahlin, has been a little bit overshadowed outside of Buffalo. He had 35 points last year. This yep. guy is a spectacular top-round pick. I want to know what you hope to see from him in his rookie year because a lot of defensemen struggle in their second year. You mean sophomore year? Sorry, sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last time a team had two first overall pick defensemen on the same team, and it was two guys who they drafted. Mm-hmm. Extremely rare situation. Well, because you have to be extremely bad for extremely long. Yes, uh, but to be the first overall pick and a defenseman, you got to be extremely good. Uh, I have all the faith in the world in Rasmus Dahlin, but Owen Power, I think, is just scratching the surface. And he's going to get to do this in a way where he doesn't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. Like so many first overall picks, Connor Bedard, yep. uh, you know, have to come in and do everything. Yep. And it's so much harder to do uh, as an 18 year old. It's even harder to do on defense. Mm-hmm. Now he's, I think, 20. Yep. And he's not going to have to do it all. They're going to get goal support as well. I think it probably helps if you have faith that the guy behind you can make a save. Um, I'm expecting a big <laughs> season from Owen Power. And Rasmus Dahlin, guys. I mean, he's the obvious one. Sometimes you, when yep. you're doing these, you're like, let's not talk about the obvious. But Rasmus Dahlin. Well, there's another guy who, just like Tage Thompson, mid-season one year just went, oh, hockey. And like... He had, what was it, five, six games with a, a goal in a row? People were getting concerned about those first, like, three, four years in Buffalo. In the last, like, year and a half, he's really come into his own. Because you were first-round pick. You're like, it shouldn't take you three years to develop. But some, sometimes it's just long, a little longer for players. And they His were defensive dep- game was poor. And they were also putting him with Rasmus Ristolainen. They were it was bad. a black hole. They and, were bad as a team, and they didn't have anybody good to pair him with. Yeah, yeah. They were. I mean, it's like the, what the Ducks were last year. Hard to get a read on how good a player is when the team is that bad. Yeah. Um, Matias Samuelson's deal, by the way, looks pretty good uh, from this vantage mm-hmm. point. 23 years old for like four or five more years, making four, 4.2 million. Now, here's what I want to ask you guys. The Atlantic division is one of the toughest to call. And before we even started this preview, I said, God, the Atlantic division is going to fuck me up. Uh, so where do you have the Buffalo Sabres finishing in the Atlantic division? So I had the Bruins third, and even despite that, the Sabres might be the team I'm most wrong on. Mm -hmm. This heavily, heavily, heavily depends on their goaltending. Second. Second? Second. They're going to score a shitload of goals, and if they actually get some saves... Wow. There you go. Wow, bold. All right, Jesse, where do you have them? Uh, It's not that bold. I have them second, too. I think this is this this year's New Jersey Devils in that it's been a long, long rebuild, and they've collected so many great assets that they're all right there, and they're ready to mature right now. This team's finishing second. I I don't think either of you are wrong, and I'll tell you the only reason I went with Buffalo at third. 
The only reason I went with Buffalo at third is because I still am a big believer in Allmark and Swayman, and that's why I had Boston ranked ahead. Boston's done it before. They've been there before. This is Buffalo's coming out party, and it's going to be close. I took them at third. Take the over. Is this the year we start to mistrust the Iser plan? Oh, yeah. It started. Uh, seventh place, 80 points last year. The Detroit Red Wings have not played a postseason game since Mike Babcock was their head coach. Ew. And now his career is over. <laughs> they haven't played one in the new building. No, they have not. And I it's know. such a good, big building. It's the building. best it's building still, in the sport. Is it still called Little Caesars? Yes. Because yeah. the Illich family owns both. They own Little Caesars. I they own the ring. didn't know that. Yeah. It's what? like uh, in Toronto. Larry Tannenbaum is, I think, one of the Coca-Cola licensees in Canada. And that's why you have Coca-Cola Coliseum for instead of Rico Coliseum now. There you go. There you go. Rich guys owning rich guys <laughs> stuff. Who knew? Wow. Uh, now, like I told you, uh, Detroit owns... Oh, sorry, I had 80 points last year. What are the betting odds, do you think, on their points this year? I'm a little down on them, but I, I still think they'll be better. 84.5. Okay. Jesse? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be a little in and around the same area. Let's say 83.5. Oh, I wish, you, I wish you went higher. 86.5. Oh, ah, yeah. I now, thought about going higher. Now, yeah. the Detroit Red Wings had a lot of change this offseason. Uh, listen, if you're an Iserman truther... Uh, then you really believe that they took a step forward this offseason. <laughs> um, personally, I'm a little more skeptical, uh, but they did spend a ton of money. So let's talk about the Detroit Red Wings and what they did. Let's start with the big one, which is Alex DeBrincat. Uh Yeah, I, I, he's one of the most money-in-the-bank goal scorers in the NHL. Uh, he wasn't last year for Ottawa. I think a big part of that. But he is scored he, 29 goals. That's still pretty good, right? 29 year, uh, goals in a down year. And I think part of the reason for that is he, he never wanted to be there. He also was hmm. playing behind Brady Kachuk. He was the second line winger. Yeah. It's very, all of that was very odd. Uh, but I think with Detroit, he's going to be shot out of a cannon. He's, mm -hmm. he's excited to be there. Uh, he'll be their top line. He should lead them in goal scoring. Yep. Um, Dylan yep. Larkin is pretty good in that department. But I mean... Dylan Larkin should probably be DeBrincat's set, uh, setup man, mm -hmm. or you could spread them out. Like Detroit's going to score some goals. Yeah, no kidding. And he'll be um, a big part of it. I wonder if they can score goals outside of the first line. Well, I think that's when you look at the roster, you say the first line is going to score. You're going to get a little off of uh, the defense. And outside of that, it's a little dry. That was going to be my question. So this is how it's lining up anyway. DeBrincat, Larkin, Raymond, mm -hmm. probably Michael Rasmussen, Andrew Kopp, and David Perron. And then Fabry, Comfer, Christian Fisher, and then Bergen, Valeno, and Daniel Strong, unless something changes. Clem Costin might work into there. Oh, Clem Costin's going to work into that. Yeah, Sorry, Strong. Why did I say Strong? Um, um, there, uh, there's some fantasy sleepers there in Detroit, eh? Like Perron. Perron, I was thinking. He regularly puts up points. Noted Allen Walsh client, yeah. of course. Um you know, he'll, he might get overlooked for a guy like Daniel Sprong, mm -hmm. who scored 20 goals kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, he was highly touted, but that was like, I don't know, four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they got some sleepers. I, I don't think they'll have a problem scoring goals. It also like depends on the younger guys. I like, do. I think Joe Valeno going to take a step. Begrin. You, you keep saying, I don't think they're going to have problems scoring goals. I think they're going to have problems scoring goals. Oh, well then. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's that's going to be a real struggle for them. I th Detroit's biggest problem, uh, like th through their dynasty years, the years where Eisenman was the best, uh, they built through the draft. 
and they've built through free agency. And the only way to do that is to buy high. So you're just constantly hoping that the guys who you bought high on mm-hmm. uh, stay there. And that's a really tough thing to ask. Like you're, you're expecting JT Comfer to remain a, like a good second line center. Let me ask you guys in the something. NHL to, to interrupt you and to, and to reinforce your point. And then I want you to continue. How many goals do you need from your second and your third line center on average? Your second line center depends on how you structure your team. Like you could right. get more goal scoring. Uh, I, 25. 25? I, I would say That's about what they're going to get. Andrew Kopp had eight. Comfer had about 17. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yeah. Kopp had eight? And he he must eight. have been hurt. No, he played 82 games. What? I, what? Andrew Kopp? Yeah. What Sorry. happened? Sorry. Nine goals. He had eight the previous year. Mm-hmm. Now... So Larkin's never... Larkin, Sorry, he had 20 the previous year. Excuse me. Oh, Jets and Rangers. My bad. Sorry. Larkin's first job isn't as a finisher. Not necessarily. Like he's, he's he more, can. He can, yeah. but he's more of the setup man if we're talking about like his, his top-end skill. I'm not saying he doesn't score goals. So his job is going to be mainly... He's going to feed Debrinkit. You know, Debrinkit's going to put up the majority of the goals on that line. Lucas Raymond's going to be a turn, get a whole bunch of goals too. But like, and then you look down the lineup, you're like, you're gonna get 20 from David Perron. You're gonna get like 20 from Comfer. And you're like, it, it doesn't add up. Well, the and, math doesn't add to like a team that can really be driven by goal scoring. You're looking at, I'm looking at their draft history. And I think the reason that they've built through free agency, which Steve mentioned, lends itself to what Jesse's mentioning, which is they're not gonna score a lot. And they've had to buy a lot of talent at high prices. Um, I'm looking from, let's say from 2018. Okay. You have Zadina, Valeno, uh, Bergen, uh, all of those guys combined have, Oh, just around 500 games and about hundred points. Uh, from the 2019 draft, the only two players that have even played in the NHL are Moritz Sider. Great pick. Great. And Elmer Soderblom, who I love, who's just so tall. Uh, Lucas Raymond was the first overall pick, uh, from the 2020 draft. He's the only first one who's round. played a game. For, Sorry, first round pick, yeah. number fourth overall, number four overall, mm-hmm. and then um, it gets a little unfair with twenty one and twenty two, but I'll, I'll mention it anyway. Yeah. Between those two drafts, there's been only ten NHL games from those picks. I'm surprised it's even that much. It's not the draft history is not kind in the Iser plan years, and I I'm I'm concerned that this team might just repeat what it did last year. And really, what's the difference between 80 and 85 points anyway? Is that a step forward? It's it's not enough to make the playoffs. And and like <laughs> their uh roster construction strategy appears to just be hoarding. Mm-hmm. Um like look, look at their decor. Like what's happening there on the right side? I don't understand. That like Petrie, <laughs> Hall, Sherratt, yeah, she, and Sherratt's going to play Cider. left. Yeah. Goss display. So it's Wallman, Cider, which is a great pair. Yeah. Sherratt, Petrie, old and slow. And I love Jeff Petrie, but it's, you know, yeah. you could, yeah. he didn't play great. Those are two guys who can play the right. Goss Despair's question mark, although better. Can, and then can score uh, points and not defend. And we know Justin Hall mm-hmm. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they spent a lot of money on Justin Hall. What is this team? And then you look at their goaltending. They uh, went out and spent pretty big money on Villiuso. Mm-hmm. So this summer they go out and they sign... Two goalies to over a mil? James you, Reimer and Alex Lyon. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Like one of them, yeah, okay, fine. They're both fine goalies. But two. Two? What are you what are you doing? Yeah. Well, one of those maybe gets claimed on waivers, I guess. So you're signing a guy who's good. What was the point? Right. What were you what are you doing? Hoarding. Hoarding. 
<laughs> you're, you're just hoarding. Yeah. Like I want, even if you sneak one through waivers, like what the, okay. So now you have three goalies, make it over a mil. What are you doing? I want wings fans to be excited, but there's no question. This is a really tough division. I don't understand the roster. Well, and this is the thing. So how do you take a step forward when it's like, are you, how much pressure can you put on JT Comfort to score that many goals? It's, it's like, they're trying, like we, we've talked about different stages of a rebuild Mm -hmm. and they're just trying to see who works and they'll keep them and they'll discard whoever doesn't work. But it feels like you're doing this too late in the rebuild. Well, like and, you shouldn't and, still be. Here. And at what point is a rebuild not a rebuild anymore? It's just what you are. It's you just sort of have a team that's a bunch of guys. Which is, I mean, as Leaf fans, we saw that from 2005 all the way till through 2013. I don't care who says. Oh, yeah. Oh, they made the, oh, definitely. right up until the Matthews era. Yeah. The Leafs had that. They were just a bunch of guys. And Detroit has less excuse to be that because they have more high end talent. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I think Debrinkhead is that. I think Larkin is that. Of course. He really Lucas impressed Raymond. me last year. Uh, Raymond took He'll a step. He'll have eight. a bounce back year. But he's, but he's got to show it. So that way he has more good years than poor. Agreed. Right? Agreed. And uh, more at Cider. Um, d- like, the, the high-end talent is there. It shouldn't be that hard to surround these guys. Okay. So um, this is a tough division. Uh, points are hard to come by if... You know, if you were Detroit in any other division, you would have, I think you would have had, at least you would have looked a lot better. Like if you look at Montreal's point totals from last year, they were the best of the worst in terms of divisions by like 10 points. A lot of teams were trying to be bad. Less teams are trying to be bad this year. Where do you have Detroit finishing in the Atlantic division? I really, I don't hate this team. I don't, but there's no justification to put them higher than seventh. Jesse Blake. Um. Yeah, even they... The drafting thing and the goal scoring is just so hard to get by. The last time they had a 40-goal scorer was Marion Hossa in 0908. Whoa! I'm I'm disappointed in this tenure of the of the Detroit Red Wings so, Red Wings so far, and I think they finished last. I have wow, eight, behind I've, Montreal? I have them eighth in the, the division. Whoa. I see there's more fight in the Canadians. Woo! Whoa. Well, the vibes are better. The vibes are immaculate in Montreal. I have them in seventh place. I do think they edge out Montreal because you're talking about a swing of, I mean, Montreal had 69 points last year. You They have to beat Detroit at 80-85 or something like that. But yeah, Detroit seventh. I don't see them being better than anybody else. At this point, this is not the conversation we should still be having about the Detroit Red Wings. The Florida Panthers. Who are they? Good question. The Florida the goal- Panthers. The goalie who got them to the playoffs last year is no longer with them. Alex Lyon. He's in Detroit. For some reason. The goalie who got them to the finals will be there forever. He is stapled to uh, the Florida Panthers. Uh, but it was an unbelievable, magical run unless your team happened to be playing them. Then it sucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it from us, Leaf fans. Uh, the, the question is, it, many teams do this. Many teams go on a run, and, and they surprise everybody, and then the next year you're like... Yeah, but what are you? And one of two things happened. They establish themselves or they fall off a cliff. And I think about the Montreal Canadiens from 2021 and how they started the next year injured and bad. Mm-hmm. They were just injured and bad and they had a bad coach, right? Yes. The Panthers have. <laughs> they do. Uh, the, who was that? No, you know who it is. Um, this year, I don't see that maybe that I don't know if the Panthers are injured. I think they've had time to heal. Uh, They do have a lot of top-end talent. And don't forget that most of this roster, a good chunk of this roster, the the main guys were there a couple years ago when they were the top team in the NHL. There's, I I think Bill Zito actually had an incredible offseason by doing not very much. 
Okay. I, I think it's easy to uh, go to the Stanley Cup final after barely squeaking into the playoffs, borderline backing into the playoffs, and doubling down on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know a team who did that? Uh, the Ottawa Senators in 2017. They were second in the Atlantic Division, but they were one of the one of the worst teams to make the playoffs. They were 12th in the NHL out of 16 playoff teams, and they had the worst goal differential out of any team to make the playoffs with a minus two. The next year, they have an okay start to the season. They spend a first-round pick to get Matt Duchesne, and it turns into the fourth overall pick with Bowen Byram, right? Yeah. That's the sort of thing that can happen when you miscalculate your team. The Panthers didn't really do that. They tinkered around the edges. They took a reasonable bet mm-hmm. on Oliver Ekman Larson and you know maybe not the best but reasonable um they were it's, it's hard to... to lose at the term they got him at like yeah okay, so you know he's a a really he was a fine def- he'd be a fine defenseman at two and a half million the, the thing I would say with them is you're asking for a lot uh, for them to repeat some of the performances that they got mm-hmm. and I'm talking about regular season you're, you're it's going to be difficult for Matthew Kachuk he can do it mm-hmm. it's Matthew Kachuk but it's going to be difficult for him to replicate the season he just had when only a few months ago he couldn't get a shirt over his head it's going to be difficult for Brandon Montour who was playing hurt through a lot of that playoffs to replicate the season he had when there was nothing nothing in his career prior to last season that showed he was a 70-plus point defenseman. His previous high, I think, was 38. There were, there were two defensemen, and I'm bringing them up because of, of fantasy, that you have to look at their point total from last year and go, where the hell did this come from? And take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Uh, Brandon Montour is one of them, and uh, Vince Dunn is another uh, in Seattle. Those are two guys who never cracked 40. Vince Dunn was up over 60 and Montour over 70. Jesse. And Marnstar is not going to be there opening night. No, neither is Aaron Eckblad. Exactly. Like, so they're so thin on defense. You're wondering, like, is it going to be a real hard start in the fall for the Florida Panthers? And and like, let's not let's not um, diminish the losses they also had this offseason. Like, I know you're very happy with what what the GM did, but they did lose Anthony Duclair. They had to trade yep. him over to San Jose, yep. and they bring in Evan Rodriguez. Is like, okay, he like did his thing in, in Colorado, but we'll see what he can do there. And a, a person like Radko Gudis being out of the lineup that is now, a big one. It's these are not insignificant losses, yeah. and so you take off the guys who are now missing from the roster. Plus, you throw on the Ekblad injury and the Montour injury. I think it's going to be a rough start to the season for the Florida Panthers. They, they replaced Duclair with another guy who fits his weird role of I'm I, I'm either on the first line or fourth, right? <laughs> and, and that's Evan Rodriguez. Both those guys do that role for some reason. Uh, one guy I'm I'm really paying particular attention to is Spencer Knight. He entered yeah. the player assistance program. Uh, he said, you know, in an interview with the Hockey News, that he was spiraling out of control in the wrong direction. Uh, he's obviously got, uh, you know three years left on that deal that he signed. Obviously, there was a ton of potential there. Um, if you look at the cap-friendly page, it's Bobrovsky Stollers, but I think from all reports from camp are, are, are that Spencer Knight is back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and if if the defense is thin, the goaltending to me seems not. I can only go on what I saw from Bobrovsky in the, in the, in the postseason. If we get 80% of that this year, no one's going to score on the Florida Panthers. So we ignore the 82 game. I know. I mean, and this is what this is about. This isn't playoffs. This is only regular season. I think Bobrovsky is due. He's a he's an on-year, off-year guy. He's kind of had two off-years. I feel like we're due for an on in the regular season. Yeah, but he's a side-to-side, two-on-one 
uh, groin pull away from maybe never being the same again. Like th- this is a guy who he plays that sort of game down low. Mm-hmm. He's had some groin issues. Like th- this was the the red flag with him signing that ten plus million dollar uh, contract. There's three years left, by the way. Man, thirty five years old, Bobrovsky. Like he could have a great season um, and still get hurt in the middle of it. And now you're looking to make up. 30, 40, 50 games. When was the last time Sergei Borowski had a save percentage under 900 in the regular season? Under 900? Yep. Last year? Maybe with Columbus. Oh, no, no. He was above. He was Columbus above. years ago. Two years. 2011-2012 with wow. Philadelphia Flyers. Wow. He's been weirdly consistent in terms of like, hey, he can put up 900 goaltending at the bare minute. Like his his floor is wow. pretty high, right? I, it's the contract, eh? We, yeah. we get lost in the contract. You don't, and, and what did he have last year? 901. 901 last year yep. is actually good. I, league average, I can't remember what it was. It's you not much higher. You don't pay $10 million to get 900 goaltending. But if you're talking about a floor for goaltending for the Florida Panthers, they're going to get a pretty high floor here. They're not going to be abysmal in net like we see some other teams. Very good point. Yeah, so uh, listen, uh, the Panthers also have a bit bit of a rough situation in terms of draft picks. They have no first and no second this year. They have no first next year. It's going to take away from their ability to add at the deadline, Uh, but LOL, they're the Florida Panthers, and they'll, they'll just trade the 2026 pick. Sure, why not? The pick that they will pick in 2026, assuming they hang on to it right now, is about 14 years old. I was going to say, Leo. Leo Dangle. (laughs) That's pretty nuts. No. (laughs) The Glens have a terrible record getting drafted by the Panthers. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Video game reference. uh, Let's talk about Alexander Barkov. Uh, is he still the most underrated player in the league? Still, it feels like he's been around for decades, but he can't wait till that survey comes out and all the answers are the same. Yeah, it's Barkov. You know, he's the most underrated. The player survey. The league like, is no. so boring, dude. Yeah. Like, who's the most underrated player? And they say the same guy for like four years. Uh, Barkov, uh, 28 years old. That's it. This prime. Is, these are his prime years. Kachuk, 25. Reinhardt, 27. Bennett, 27. Verhage, 28. Even Evan Rodriguez is only 30. Still a relatively youngish team in their prime. Age is not their problem. No, they'll be okay. And like Barkov didn't even have the like the greatest playoff. Didn't um, need to. No, he didn't need to. I, I mean, whoever gets to play on his wings, uh, what what a best uh, blessed life, a best life and blessed life. Uh, Sam Bennett really has seen his career take off since joining Florida. Uh, who could have thought? Who could have? What the what? What on earth were the Flames thinking? <laughs> What were they thinking? Yeah. Dude, Daryl Sutter had a time where he was an incredible coach in the NHL. That guy did lasting damage to the Calgary Flames. Was he even the coach when Bennett was there? Yeah, he was the guy who wouldn't play him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? He wouldn't play Sam Bennett. Daryl Sutter wouldn't play... A guy The most Daryl Sutter player on the Panthers. Human torpedo. I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. Wow. Don't get it. Okay. Well, um, okay. With that, with all that in mind, um, and taking into account Ekblad and Montour potentially being on LTIR to start, uh, what do we see for the Florida Panthers this year in the division in terms of where they're going to place? This is a tough one. Um, I think, I think the Atlantic uh, has a really thick mid tier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's killing me. It's killing me. The placements in the Atlantic. It's killing me. Um, I still think 
I, I think they're going to be right where they were last year. Struggling to make the playoffs, but should make it fifth. Uh, Jesse Blake. I think they're going to start off very slow to start the year, and I think that's going to hurt them in the end. So, yeah, I have them fifth as well. Mm, wow. Yeah. I, I hummed and hawed over this, but because they made the playoffs this year, they get the edge over the team that I have in sixth. I think I know who you got. Florida Panthers are in fifth for me as well. I think they're in the playoffs. I think the, the Metropolitan is not going to send a wild card team again this next year. It's got to be Florida. Um, but what I don't be? like when we all agree. Well, I mean, it's just maybe we're right. Those are the most wrong. No. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like when we all agree that that's the most likely team we're wrong about. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with the Florida Panthers. We're not very smart guys. If you look only at the results, the results are bad. Yes. But we're not just looking at the results. We're looking at the vibes. And the vibes are very good in Montreal. There aren't many teams in a worse position currently that have more reason to be optimistic for the future. They're enjoying it. Yeah. like The fans uh, are enjoying it. Habs are going to finish, I think, optimistically sixth in the Atlantic, probably last, and everyone's going to eat it up. And 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 that's sort of what happened last year, especially in the first month with Arbor Jacki and Nick Suzuki scoring a big goal. I think it was like an overtime goal. That first October last year was really good to the Montreal Canadiens, just for the vibes. They were hot. Uh, Slavkovsky had a good start, followed by nothing. But like it, the start was there. Eighth place, 68 points last year. What do you think the betting odds have them finishing this year? Oh, higher. 76. 6.5. Jesse. 72 and a half. 71 and a half. You son of a gun. Damn, Jesse. You're really good at this. No, um, I was off. Uh, well, by one. Uh, I haven't nailed any today this on is this a, division. Yeah. This is a very young, very fun team. I'm going to start with uh, uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, we, you know, Once he got out from the shadow of uh, Dom Ducharme, oh. he became the Cole Caulfield we all expected him to be. Is 40 goals off the table. Uh, yeah, because he's going to leave it behind for 50. I was just going to say, hey! is, 50, is, is it a 50-goal year go. for Cole Caulfield? Uh, it might not be there just yet, um, but uh, I th- if, if he's fully healthy, I'd be shocked if he was under 40. Wow. Okay. All right. He's got a, he's, it's a, Jesse, what do you think? 26 in 46 last year. Like 20, the, the dude was on pace for the 40-goal season. 26 it's and 46. nearly a 50-goal pace. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, just yeah. off the 50. Yeah. It'd be like 48 eight, eight, yeah. yeah. The dude was right there if he just could stay healthy. Which means he would have hit 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would have heated up, you know. Yeah. At the end of the season, they start feeding you. 100%. Um, Nick Suzuki was named captain right before the season last year. Uh, seemed to do a really good job with it. It's a lot of spotlight in Montreal, given, though, that there's not a lot of pressure on the team right now. This is a season for these young Montreal players to really enjoy being a Montreal Canadian and grow into their roles because I think after this year, it's going to start to be like, all right, guys, time's ticking. Let's get back to the playoffs. What do you need from Nick Suzuki, 24 years old this year, to take a step forward? What can, What's considered a win? Um, Honestly, I think a lot of him as a player, and I don't really look at what he did last year as doing anything wrong. Um, I think what he needs as a young center in this league is support. Mm. And it just hasn't been there. Um, guys were always out of the lineup. And like, who are you supposed to set up? Right? Like, there, there were a few Habs Christian games Dvorak. I watched. Yeah. Like, there, there were a few Habs games I watched where he just got mauled by other teams' defenses because they could zero in on him. And in some of those games, he fought through it and scored anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking for a little 
more undeniability from his game. We know what Brendan Gallagher brings. We know what Josh Anderson brings. Brendan Gallagher, consistency, grittiness, leadership. For 30 games a season. Josh Anderson, guaranteed to score against the Leafs for sure. For 30 games a season. And probably, yeah, for 30 games a season. That's the thing, injuries, right? It's the number one thing with this team. They have to stay healthy. Yeah. What about Joel Armia? He has to stay healthy. (laughs) Um, One of the guys they're taking a flyer on is Alex Newhook, 22 years old. Signed him to a four-year extension at $2.9 million. Could be great value if he becomes even 60 or 70% of what Colorado drafted him for. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fun thing about Newhook is the fun thing about the Montreal Canadiens. They have guys who they can put on the fourth line. They can put on the first line like we, we have all these guys with great potential and we're just going to see who makes it mm. um mm-hmm. new hook uh faltered uh in colorado i was pretty disappointed but you know he does have that stanley cup experience maybe in a consistent top line role he's a little older and he breaks out there's there's a lot of scoring touch um the thing that montreal really arguably needs the most is top end talent Mm-hmm. Top end guys. Uri Slavkovsky was drafted to be a top end forward. Um, he had a good start last year. Uh, that kind of fell off, and then you know it found him out of the lineup. Um, injury, I think, too, as well. Yes. Uh, but what do you guys want to see from Slavkovsky this year to show at 19 he's taking a step forward and becoming the power forward they want him to be? Uh, young players sometimes struggle with this. I would like him to rediscover the fact he's 6'4". Um, because uh, the the game the other day between the Leafs and Canadians, the one where the Canadians had the comeback and won in overtime, I know he got an assist on what I believe was the game-tying goal. I discovered he was in that game in the third period. Um, he's been quiet, man. Like, he has not looked like a dominant player. Like, when, when you pick a player first overall, you're not looking for a guy who can hang. You're looking for a guy who takes shit over, mm-hmm. and he hasn't shown he can do that. So I I want to see him be belligerent and fight through plays and uh, not expect the ice to come to him. He's got to take it. Jesse? I think somebody needs to alert the Montreal Canadiens front office and Kent Hughes that it's okay if your first overall pick doesn't start immediately immediately in the NHL. Like, I feel like they rushed him a little too quickly last year. It, he clearly needs some more seasoning. The game that you play over in Europe isn't the same you play the same game you play over in North America. Way different. Ice. It's an yeah. 18, 19 year old, still 19, trying to learn North America hockey. And it's going to take a little bit of time. And they rushed him a little too quickly. He needs some more seasoning. You need to throw Slavkovsky back in the oven. I don't know how you do that this year because I think they don't have a choice but to play him in, in the NHL. And hopefully he can do that development at the NHL level. But they need to make sure. Uh, they, not, they can send him down. They can they can send him. But I think yeah. they're committed to making making him learn this at the NHL level. And I'm not asking them to baby him. But make sure that his development gets done so you don't spoil this potentially really good player. All the talent is there, I think. It's just let's not rush into things. Getting drafted first overall, I think, is legitimately hard. It's I think it was bad for him. It, yeah, like bad for him specifically. Like, yeah. yeah, that's a guy who probably could have used some seasoning in the American League, but 
who does that with the first overall pick? Exactly. If no one ever Lutowski does. went fifth, I think he's very happy in the NHL, all uh, in the AHL. Sorry, last all of last year, and he's coming in this year hot and ready. That's what Der- uh, David Juracek did, and mm-hmm. no one batted an eye. He was he, f- fifth or sixth. He wasn't first overall. Yeah, he wasn't first overall. Oh, and, it was fine. And, and he went to the American League. No one batted an eye, and he had a few good games in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But if he was first. Can't do that. And he went straight to the AHL. What's Columbus doing? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're out of their mind. There's so- a difference between playing in the O throughout your entire junior career and playing over in Europe and coming right over. Yes. So it's the, the potential is there. Like I don't. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, it's a stupid pick." You, you know what is is going to be a miserable experience for Montreal Canadiens fans? You're going to start getting chirped about Logan Cooley. Because Logan Cooley is going to pop off and he's going to be compared to this guy who you took above him. Nemich is probably going to play some games for the Devils. Well, and, and how about add the add to that? And that's this transitions us to the defense. Reinbacher over Matt Faye Mitchkoff. And it doesn't mean Reinbacher is bad, but he was, even according to the Canadians themselves, the safe pick. Do they have him making uh, the NHL roster? I don't believe. I don't believe he will this year. No, uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna hold him back. Not that he can't. It's just that that's probably not the best idea. When you surround him with Michael Matheson, David Savard, Jordan Harris, Gus Lindstrom, Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, we're excited about Arbor Jacki, we're excited about. But like, it'd be good for him to go to Laval, which I believe he can. He will. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that, that'd be good for him. You're asking for Matheson to repeat his brilliance from last year, which I, I think is a tough ask. There's there's a lot of... There isn't top-end talent yet no. on the Montreal defense. Final final thing on Slavkovsky, just because oh, of that draft. Outside of Slavkovsky, there are um, eight, that's, that's 12, 13, 14 combined games for the draft in the NHL level. We got Marco Casper, who played one, Owen Beck played one. Juracek played four, and Shane Wright played eight. That's going to wow. explode this year. It's as it should have. Yeah, better. you know. But Yuri uh, Slavkovsky is up there with thirty-nine career games. I think it was a little quick, guys. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, they have they had to retain on Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie just to get them out of time out of town. Joel Edmondson was one point seven five million, uh, two point three million for the next two years for Jeff Petrie, and they are still paying. Believe it or not, Carl Olsner uh, on his buyout. Oh, wow, eight hundred and thirty three thousand dollars there. So there's about five million bucks that the Montreal Canadiens cannot spend uh, next year. That alleviates a bit. But um, they, don't care. Uh, they, of course, they don't care. And they have, if it's funny with Carey Price, obviously they would have a ton more cap room. But if you look at their cap friendly, they're one of the highest payrolls already in the NHL. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about goaltending. Uh, obviously, Jake Allen signed a three year deal to get them through the yeah. hard parts. Um, I think health is a concern here. I mean, health is a concern here. And even in the preseason uh, with the games against the Leafs, I think you've seen the full gamut of Jake Allen. A shot comes his way, it blows by him like a fart, and you're like, what the hell was that? In the very next shift, he makes three game-saving saves. Um, I, you never know what you're going to get rush to rush with Jake Allen. Uh, and yeah, his health is a big factor. So Montreal fans better get used to Samuel Montembeau. What do you think with him? I mean, this seems to be, he's 26, he's on a $1 million deal, UFA at the end of it. 
Uh, you were given a hard time about Timothy Lilligren on this one, but it's like, are you NHL guy or are you waiver guy this year? Mm. Right no, I think he's their starter. You think so? Uh, to be honest, yeah. Over I, Jake Allen? Uh, I would certainly give it a shot. I mean, oh. like, the Habs, like, we all think they're going to be fine in the future, right? Yeah, but they're going to have sure. to replace both goalies. But Montebos hasn't proven that he's an NHL goaltender. I I think he was given an impossible task last year. Yeah. He uh, did crack 901 in the save percentage. Yeah, but, but like that's why GAA. that's why I look at Jake Allen. I'm like Jake Allen is Santa Claus. Like he signed up for this. Yeah, to play yeah. behind this team for all of these years. Well, then you signed up to help usher the Habs into the future, and they don't have a goalie of the future right now. It's not Jake Allen. No, right. The best shot they have at the moment is. Probably Montembeau. Don't say Caden Primo. Don't say Caden Primo. Mm-hmm. Um, is he a, a waiver concern for them? Is that why we're Montembeau? having this conversation? No, uh, Primo. Primo? Uh, I don't think so. No, it doesn't look like it. Okay. No. Because uh, otherwise, like, I think it's going to be Montembeau and Allen basically splitting the net. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see uh, over the course of the season, Montembeau get more and more starts. Why are you so low on Primo because of his numbers in Laval? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Is that why? What are yeah. they? Uh, he was a 909 last year in 41 games yeah. in Laval. But we've and seen him at the NHL level. And he's so his NHL awful. experience goes four games in 21, 849. 849? 12 games in 22, 868. Ooh. Wow. 23 last year. They only gave him three games, 852. Dude, like those are not option NHL option numbers they're not so I'm 24 yeah like there's a guy who probably played earlier than he should have um but like he really struggles with that jump yeah wow okay (laughs) so with that guys where do you have them I think I know the answer but where do you have the Montreal Canadiens finishing in the division their future is beautiful but it's the present eighth same here Jesse I got them finishing seventh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Hot take Blake fans over here. Whoa. Let's go, Montreal. The Senators improved 13 points last season over the season before, but moved up only one place in the division. They had a key injury to Josh Norris. Uh, they had to uh, they had to start a player who didn't want to be there. That would be Alex DeBrincat. Uh, and this year, most of that is not the case. Right. Well, at least to bring Cat anyway. Mm-hmm. Norris did tweak himself. He, we, as of this recording, has not stepped on the ice for a game in preseason. He's supposed to be playing Saturday night. We shall see. In the meantime, let me ask you this. They finished sixth last year. They had 86 points. What are the betting odds for their points this year? It, see, 86 isn't... It's not. That's not a bad season. Uh, I'll say 88.5. Jesse, 89.5. 91.5. Oh. Jesse's closer. That's pretty good. Ah, yeah, not nice. bad. Not bad. It's playoff now, contention. That's right. Now, I want to ask you this. Mm. I want to remind you of this, actually, first. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember Leafs camp last year. but Boo! There was, there Am I a, right? There was a holdout at Leafs camp last year whose name is what? Rasmus Sandin. That's right. Now, Rasmus Sandin's agent famously called Kyle Dubas after a bunch of injuries to the Leafs blue line and said, you know what? We will sign the contract you offered us two months ago, which is the exact same contract that Timothy Lilligren signed. Mm-hmm. 
um, because we think there's a great opportunity here for him to come in and improve. Mm-hmm. Okay? That agent's name is Lewis Gross. Now, the Ottawa Senators have a holdout mm-hmm. in training camp this year. Mm-hmm. If Josh Norris is injured, that presents another enormous opportunity for said player. The player's name is? Shane Pinto. The player's agent's name? Lewis Gross. That's right. Could the same scenario play out again? It's possible. It is possible. But I don't look at it as the same situation. Rasmus Sandin was getting like healthy scratched by the Leafs in like playoff games and stuff. He was looking to prove that he should be an everyday NHL player. Shane Pinto doesn't need to prove that. 20 goals. He's a very... 20 goals, man. It's difficult to get in this league. He's a very good player and he's asking for... I mean, two and a half million. Yeah. Negotiations are negotiations. You're not always going to get exactly what you want, but, uh, they're looking to offer him something like a million or 1.1. he's looking for a hundred thousand dollars a goal. Just look at it like that. Yeah, man. Like two million, two and a half is very reasonable for a player that can provide what he does. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Jesse, if the Sens go into the season, Mm. Josh Norris, isn't at full health. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had that sur- sur- shoulder surgically repaired. He tweaked it. Let's say, though, that he plays on the Saturday and then he plays the regular season. Do you expect Josh Norris to be Josh Norris right away? Probably not right away. It'll take a couple of weeks to get up to speed and all that because there's a difference between training camp speed and being injured and then game speed. So it's going to take him a little bit for El- sure. Elliot Friedman made an excellent point when it comes to him. They have Josh Norris signed long term. Mm. You do not look for a short term solution. Uh, because it'll cause you long-term pain. There's nothing special about being ready for game one. You can be ready for game three. It's perfectly fine. Or four or yeah. whatever. Or even like, ten. You, you need yep. to make sure this player is healthy. But does that give Jesse, Shane Pinto, a ton of uh, organizational leverage here? This is more about the cap than I think it is about them wanting Pinto or not. They want Pinto in the, in the lineup. They want him on the team. They like this player. It's about finding the money for him. In in order for this to work, um, Norris would have to go on LTIR, which I think would keep him out like a minimum a month. Mm-hmm. And so even, a amount of, I think it's 13 games or something like that. And even then, I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if that's enough to bring him in at like a, a mill. It's a really tricky situation. Now, there is a lot to be excited about with the Ottawa Senators. And uh, I think, firstly, we've got to start with the offense. Kachuk, Stutzla, uh, Giroux, Tarasenko, Batherson, obviously Pinto when he is eventually added to that group. you got to think that's going to happen at some point. Josh Norris when he's full healthy. There's no salary cap in fantasy, so I got Tim Stutzla. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Um, So let's start with Brady Kachuk. What's he bringing to this team every, every day, every game, character, perseverance? Everything. Everything. There are very few players in the NHL over the last several decades that lead their team in, I don't know if he led them in goals. I think he did. Um, and shots and hits. Like th- this guy is an actual madman. Uh, he hits everything that moves, and every time he has the puck, he shoots it. I'm amazed he had as many assists as he did. He's huge. Um, he's a leader. He's a really good player. Like the Sens put themselves in a really, really bad position with the Matt Duchesne thing. And remember, they chose to pick Brady Kachuk fourth overall Mm -hmm. at the risk of potentially giving up the first overall pick the following year. It was scary, 
but it ended up being the right call. Mm -hmm. It ended up being the right call. They got themselves a great captain and a great player. Okay. All right. Uh, Tim Stutzla, Claude Giroux. Tim Stutzla, who helped uh, the Sens get a top five pick back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The one one that they lost uh, with Bo and Byram going to the Avalanche, they got back from San Jose, and they get the third overall pick, Tim Stutzla, to Uh, play with Brady Kachuk. What does a guy like Vlad Tarasenko bring to this team? Because, you know, obviously... You have to look at the Senators, guys, like um, they are a, a playoff team, potentially, if everything goes right. Um, but they are on the outside looking in. Vlad Tarasenko, one year, five million. What do you want him for? Um, I, I think he's just a different dynamic uh, up there on the back end than Debrinket. He's got more experience, the left-handed shot. Um, maybe they like that a little bit more uh, uh, stylistically. But he's going to give you... I would expect 25 goals at least mm-hmm. if he's healthy with 30, 35, 40 potential. Like this, this is a team that if they falter is not going to be because of their lack of goal scoring. In my opinion, it, it was, might be the depth, which is what I want to move to next. Could be the depth, could be the defense a little bit. But uh, if this offense is clicking, there's no reason to think Tarasenko couldn't be a big part of it. Jesse, when you talk about the forward depth, you got Matthew yeah. Joseph, you got Dominic Kubelik, you got Mark Kostelik, Zach McEwen, um, Shane Pinto, if he arrives. Yep. Do, I, I mean, I kind of put him as a, as a middle. He's going to score goals, but he's also part of the depth. What do you think about the Senator's depth? Because it did hurt them last year. I'm so happy you asked me about the Senator's death because there's only one name I want to talk about, and it's Ridley Grigg. Um, it's, he's the first-round draft pick from the 2020 draft, and he's uh, 21 years old, and he's been fantastic in training camp, and he might make the lineup here. This I assume he's going to make the lineup here with the injury to Josh Norris. Like mm-hmm. He could slot in as their third-line center, and for them, it's just kind of found money and found depth. Like He could be really good for them, and that could be another just addition to the forward group that looks really strong. This, this is music to the ears of the Senators' manager group because this is like they should play that clip to Lewis Gross so that he can turn around to Shane Pinto and go dude this kid like let's be honest like Ridley Gregg is, is as good as he is um, that opportunity should be Shane Pinto's yep. yeah but he's not under contract so Greg is gonna get it and maybe it's at a point where he's so good they're like you know what we can trade Shane Pinto well, yeah or just squeeze him at, yeah. at the end of the day, you don't have a contract to play here, and you're not able to sign a contract anywhere else, so we're just going to sit. Uh, the, uh, Greg, they were trying him out a lot on the wing, but he's a natural center. Like, if they have this centerman who's a 21-year-old who can fit into their lineup today, it's insane, and yeah, Pinto should be worried. And then all of a sudden, you have uh, Stutzla, Greg, Pinto, Norris in no particular order. That's, That's pretty cool. Really good. Yeah. Now, um, looking at the defense, this team is fun. They can score, and it's going to hugely benefit from the addition of Jacob Chikrin for a full year. What's he going to bring every game in, in Ottawa? He's really versatile. Um, can play both sides. Um, he's tough nose. He he put up way more points than I thought he was uh, capable of. He showed that he's a match um, for the Senators and and the way they play hockey. Um, I was skeptical of the trade because like he was supposed to cost the sun and the moon and basically hadn't played hockey, mm-hmm. which is bad. It's a bad p- position for hockey players to be in. And, and he's fit in uh perfect uh the blue line also features thomas shabbat who has been perennially awesome no matter how bad the senators have been uh 
Interesting story out of camp is Maxence Gannett, um, who is one of their other big prospects, but he's a right shot defenseman who might also make this roster, is now living with Thomas Shabbat and his girlfriend, oh, cool. uh, which is kind of cool. And I think, you know, for a late round guy, pick who might make it as sort of the Senator's seventh guy, uh, he was drafted at 187th overall in 2019. Pretty cool story. It is a cool story. And he's why, you know, you could, uh, if you're looking for fantasy tips, it's probably a little too late at this point, but Shabbat could have a really big year. Um, I think one of the things holding him back is he's consistently had to play 25 to 30 minutes a game. It's too much. But then you look at the decor underneath him and you're like, oh, that's why. Yeah. If, if you get a young rookie in there, uh, Jake Sanderson takes a step. Now you have Jacob Chikrin to take on some of that burden as well. Um, they didn't have enough defensive depth. Uh, for several years that was their biggest problem to me that and you know no one who could stop a puck for a, a while there too because of the injuries uh, if Shabbat is playing like a more human amount of ice time, I think he'll be really good. Yonis uh, Corposalo with the Blue Jackets last year managed to maintain a 913 save percentage. That's with the horrible Blue Jackets. When he moved really bad. to L.A. in the regular season, his goals against average went down by over a goal per game, and he had a 921 save percentage. He signed four-year deal, $4 million per. What does he bring to this goaltending duo that already features Anton Forsberg, who's had flashes of brilliance as well? Well, th this isn't a lottery ticket, right? Like this this is a this is a big old bet. Um, they gave him the long term contract, decently big money, and it's funny the money and the situation remind me a lot of Boston getting Linus Allmark um, because he was uh, he I mean a bit of a late bloomer, um, uh, inconsistent with his results, and then he has this one incredible year on a team that was brutal. Allmark was on the brutal, brutal, brutal saver, uh, Sabres, and I think he put up like a 917 or something. He goes to Boston and just rocks it behind a team that, you know, no, no matter how good or bad you think the Ottawa Senators are, I think we can all agree that they were better than like the Taylor Hall era Sabres. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so Corpus Allo is going to have an easier time. He doesn't need to stop every puck. Um and then, you know, you let in one or two, the game's over. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be like that in Ottawa. So if he's playing relaxed, he can be a really good starter. Jesse. We've blown past 10 minutes. Oh, have we? Okay. <laughs> well, listen, oh. let me ask you this. Where do the Senators uh, Where do the senators finish? They're a fascinating team. That's why we wanted to say so much. Uh, they finish around 14 minutes. Okay. <laughs> where do they finish in the division, though? Um, Like, listen, there's a lot of ways. Now I got to bring up my uh, thing. From yesterday, we're obviously not recording this on the same day. They're a really, they're a team with a lot of potential. Uh, I'm willing to be wrong on them. Um, I say sixth. Okay. Um, I could see them finishing as high as third, honestly, but uh, I'll, I'll say sixth. Jesse, what about you? I have them sixth as well, just how it laid out. I also have them as sixth. And the one thing I did want to say is, yeah, you say it's a prove it year for the Sens. The two guys I think need to prove it the most are Pierre Dorian and DJ Smith. Ooh. That's going to be the big one this year. Good luck, Sens fans. The Tampa Bay mother effing, please go away and stop destroying my dreams, except for last year, which, by the way, it was nice to beat you in five games. Uh, Tampa Bay Light. Six games. Six games. Third in the division last year with 98 points. A lot of people argued that that could be a bit of a step backwards. And given how things went at the start of camp, maybe it is. I want to ask you guys, the betting odds, what are the points for the Tampa Bay Lightning betting favorites. They had 98 last year? They were. 98.5. Jesse. Oh, 
I don't think you're wrong that it should be right in and around there. I'm going to say slight step back with the Vassy injury if it's been updated from there. 96 and a half. Nailed it, Jesse. Oh! Nailed it. I was like, as soon as you said it should be right in around there, but it should be a couple back. I'm like, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Yeah. Um, the Lightning start a camp with Stamkos being upset about not just not getting an extension, but not even getting a call about an extension. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, that was followed by the GM saying, well, we're going to evaluate the team before we go down that road. Basically saying, hey, Stammer, uh, wait till next year. And then followed by a report from Friedman saying there are people around the organization that would not be heartbroken to see this man go. It's a prove it year for a first ballot Hall of Famer. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. It was also followed a week later by Andre Vasilevsky going, I hurt myself in August and the injections in the rehab aren't working. Why don't we do surgery? And it is a 10 plus week recovery time. I know these are crazy athletes, but still anything that's 10 weeks recovery could go longer. Yep. Uh, all of that pain, but still the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm -hmm. Whatever you throw at them, it does sort of mentally feel like they can survive it. So let's start with the goaltending and what that looks like without Vasilevsky. Um, how do you guys feel about Jonas Johansson, Matt Tompkins, or Hugo Allenfelt? Oh, that's uh, my boy. It's Yeah, I know Jesse loves Allenfelt because <laughs> of the video games. Um, but like Jonas Johansson as your starter is uh, awful. It's, Jonas it's, Johansson it's had a... Um, listen, in three games last year, Jonas Johansson had a 932 save percentage. Yes, he did. He had three very good games. Um, <laughs> but that's all. Yeah, go and look before that. Uh, Matt Tompkins, if you don't know, was Canada's Olympic goalie. He was 2-1-0 mm -hmm. at the 2022 Winter Olympics, which is why the Lightning signed him. We talked about him recently, and I said, oh, did you know he was Canada's Spengler goalie? <laughs> and apparently he played at the Olympics. And Hugo Allenfelt, who admittedly does not have, um, he's got one game in the NHL. Uh, he didn't start it, but he let in uh, a lot and uh, faced 10 <laughs> shots and has a nine goals against average at a 700 save percentage. That's not fair. Gosh, That's not fair. not fair. It was like 10 minutes of NHL time. How he was did... he in the in the minor? Well, not great, not great either. <laughs> okay. Um, Syracuse crunch, 277 goals against average. Uh, his save percentage was 904. But previously to that, with the Solar Bears in the E, an 886 save percentage. And previous to that, same year, Syracuse crunch, 00. Sorry, 888. Two save percentage better last year so it's tampa and nothing they do would surprise me but that doesn't appear to be an nhl option jesse no it's 22 though Are you, you know there's, yeah. there's plenty of time for alan felt to be but is it but, but whatever but this right, year but like, you gotta do right now 23 24 you're probably gonna need some help yeah yeah so what do you do do you make a trade guys you're, what would you do GM Jesse Blake waiver wire. That's where you're. That's where you're searching. You you start the year. You see if the waiver wire gifts you anybody for free, and if it doesn't, your hand is forced to make a move because your goalies aren't performing up to NHL standard. Then you make that move. But I think there's there's a little breathing room here where you can wait and see. It's not dire. Now, now, not to make it about the least, but a lot of us seem to assume that Martin Jones was going to be going there via the waiver wire. Uh, looks like Ilya Samsonov is hurt. Uh, to start the season potentially, so it's uh, Martin Jones is all of a sudden going to be on the roster. I I'm really not sure how Tampa gets a goalie without making a trade, mm -hmm. especially because of their pecking order in the waiver wire. Right, priority. Yeah, and if if your hand is forced to to 
go the route of the trade, I think you do that for sure. It's and not going to cost them a ton. No, and they have. I'm trying trying to see how many draft picks they have right now. They don't have a Ooh. lot this year, but they have a lot of futures. In the 2025 draft, they have the second through the seventh. Send one of those out for a goaltender. Tampa doesn't care. They're into in it to win it every single year. Trade one for a goaltender. And you know what, guys? They may have been in the market for a backup goalie anyway. Do we really think that Jonas Johansson was their real option for backup goaltender? I don't. I don't think it's Matt Tompkins either. It confused me. It did. That's a great point. I was surprised. I think that this is something they were going to do anyway. They just, whatever it was, they couldn't get it done this summer. It feels like we got an October or early November trade happening. We may have a few with a few different teams. Now, let's move on to more steady things with the, the Lightning because, I mean, the rest of this team looks pretty damn great. Starting with the defense. What do we, I hate to say, what do we like about it? Because, like, what do you not like about it? I, I know, right? Like, uh, Victor Hedman is so ridiculous. I, what, what I'm interested to see is, is this kind of a more torch-passing year? Mm-hmm. Because, I, like, <laughs> we're used to Hedman, and then behind him is McDonough, and then behind him is Sergachev. Mm-hmm. And then McDonough gets traded. Oh, can Sergachev, yeah, he looks great in the third pair. Can he go and improve on the second pair. Mm -hmm. He was so good on the second pair that you're like, all right, how long is it before he's Tampa's number one option? Hmm. Yeah. Like before you, I mean, Hedman's, eh, I would say tail end of prime, Mm -hmm. like beginning of the back nine, he's on hole 10, (laughs) you know, maybe hole 11. At some point, um, Sergeyev's got to take more of that load. Uh, in order to keep Hedman fresh. Like, keeping him fresh for the playoffs has been difficult uh, at times. Um, well, last I think year, they, I know he was battling. I, I, I think Hedman and Vasilevsky suffer from the athlete would, the athlete mentality, which is, if I don't play, I'm in trouble. And, and look what's so happened, many trips to the cup final. Look what's happened to Vasilevsky, though, right? Your body does... Your body does break down, and maybe that's a, a little bit of like, hey, Victor, can we have you play in 20 minutes, right. 21 minutes a night? And the the worst thing for everybody else in the league with the Tampa defense is that they have so many guys. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. eight guys who can legitimately make the team, and it's hard. I, I haven't been following their line combinations throughout training camp, so it's hard for me to pinpoint who's going to make this top six because I look at Darren Radish, Hayden Fleury, Calvin DeHaan, Zach Bogosian, Nick Perbix, Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev, and I say there's everyone on that list is an NHL defenseman. Yeah. I don't know what six... You're, I know the sum of the, the six you're going to pick, but like the bottom end, that last pair, that could be anybody. Well, well, and it they, was they're DeHaan probably, Bogosian the other night. Okay. So, slow and old. But, yeah. but I love it. But if you want to go with Perbex, like, fine. Yeah. There's a decent chance they could lose a guy or two on waivers, and even then, I think they'll be like, oh, phew. Thank because goodness. then that'll free up <laughs> space so that they can go out and get a goalie. Totally. It looks like Nicholas Perbex, by the way, could be playing with Victor Hedman this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he could is, be on that first line. It's the crazy first for a guy with 65 career games. Because I got a golden ticket. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, Luke Shen had that spot for a while, and look what it did for his career. Oh, yeah. So I guess Cernak probably with Sergeyev then. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's, yeah. what it, that's what it looks like, and then you got Hayden Fleury. And it, was it Dehan and Bogosian? Dehan Bogosian okay. tried last night. That doesn't mean that that's going to be necessarily the pair, but you know right. what Bogosian brings. He's big, he's scary, he's a Viking. Yeah. Uh, and Calvin Dehan, <laughs> for whatever his warts in his game are, uh, always has a great sense of humor, and also always was very strong defensively. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I don't, wouldn't hate um, Darren Radish replacing Bogosian. You know, no. like <laughs> I think no. Radish could easily slot into there. No, there's another guy who like maybe shouldn't be playing like every game. One thing I think with the Caps, or sorry, the Caps with the Lightning's cap situation is like there's not a lot of guys on this roster that have like you better prove it. 
Yeah, there's no Steven uh, Stamkos. Stevens, uh, I guess. Yeah, Steven, yeah. yeah. Which was, about? by the way, self-inflicted. They didn't need to do that to Stevie Stamkos. No, he's, he's on a prove-it deal. Um, really? He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he is. You're absolutely right. One guy that I think is flying under the radar is Tanner Janot. That, to me, oh, is the yeah. biggest proven on the roster. And I say that because he had a great year in Nashville, and then he was having a ho-hum year, and Julian Breezewap paid a fortune yeah. to get him, and he was ho-hum against the Leafs in the playoffs. Fans do this all the time. He was hurt. Like, fans do this all the time. Like, do we think Tanner Janot, who was legitimately a great rookie the year before, do we think in 12 months he forgot how to play hockey? I do. How many goals no, in 20 games with the Tampa Bay Lightning did Tanner Janot have? I have no idea. I think Zero. zero. One. One. He had but one goal and three assists in 20 games. And he had Tampa five Bay. with the Preds. Five and nine. Yeah, five goals, nine assists. And then his in his uh, sophomore season, he had 24 goals, 17 assists. So if he was that hurt, Steve, if he was that hurt, why was he playing for 76 games last year? I have no clue. Oh, I don't know if he was hurt with the Preds. It's a, Listen, it's still a real tough trade to justify. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I Again, I think he's probably closer to the 24-goal guy than the six-goal guy. Yeah. Okay. I, I, and listen, but I think he needs to prove that, and that's my point. Yep, he does. I think he's, 100%. The, he's the guy in that forward group where I'm like, I want to see what you still what you have because mm-hmm. are you – you know, Brandon Hagel went in, and they rewarded him. Brandon he, Hagel, he almost had 40 goals. Was he at like 34 goals yeah, last crazy. year or something? Almost crazy. Almost had a 35-goal season, 40-goal season. So Imagine not wanting him. Let me, let me ask you this. <laughs> Matt Nyes was almost traded for Brandon Hagel. Yep. What would you have taken? <laughs> I really do like. I, I, uh, uh, ooh, it's tough, isn't it? It's. I like Nyes though. Real tough. I like. Um, I'm slightly. I'm gonna off. go with. Uh, oh, we we didn't even need him. <laughs> Jesse, what's up? I was, I'm slightly off on the goal totals. He had 30 goals last oh, year, 34 wow. assists. So 30 goal season out of Brandon Hagel, and I don't oh, well, think then he sucks. Yeah, like he's a he's a terrific player, and it was found uh, by I, Julian Breeze. a great find. I think Chicago. he's new and potentially better Blake Coleman mm-hmm. for them. Ooh. You know, like, and, and I love Blake Coleman, but that he's that style, right? Uh, anyway, with that said, uh, because we just crossed the 10-minute mark, gentlemen, where do you have the Tampa Bay Lightning finishing this season? Taking into account the fact that they are still great, but they don't have a starting goaltender outside of Jonas Johansson, mm. at least as of this recording. Uh, I have made peace with the fact that I think I might be the most wrong about the Atlantic. It's Tampa. I'll never bet against them. So fourth. Okay. Um, it's There's real potential for it to go sideways. They have too much talent. Yeah. Jesse Blake. I agree. It's way too much talent up front. The back end is going to be solid. I have them fourth as well. Guys, I still have them third. Nice. Yeah. yeah I you mean, know, and, and it's not because fair enough. Um, I, I don't. Well, we do actually do I have them third? I thought I had I might have had Buffalo third. I think I got them fourth. I switched it. Oh, Cause, sh- yeah. Because mid I, I wrote it down. But mid mid take. I'm like, damn, Buffalo is really good. So I'm, I, I'm Buffalo third. Tampa is fourth on my list. Do you know? Uh, I do know for sure because okay. I have my list at the top. Do Tanner and I know. I Tanner should know. And I think that the in the Atlantic division this year, just like last year, uh, the wild card will go to um, both Atlantic teams and the Leafs are going to finish first and guess who they're going to play in the first round? Tampa. That's right, baby. Jonas Johansson, <laughs> Conn Smythe. Last but certainly not least, listen, a lot of fans have the Leafs winning the division. A lot of experts have them winning the division. A few have them in, as in like, you know, the top five teams in the NHL and a few more say, hey, they could win the President's Trophy. Can't knock the regular season track record. <laughs> Leaf fans don't really care about any of the no. that. They, they don't care about a, a president's trophy. No. We want a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah. 
And it looks as though this year they may have finally taken some steps to make the deep run in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But this is a regular season preview. So last year they finished second with 111 points. What are their betting odds uh, this year in terms of total points? So betting... Betting odds, sports books love to exploit uh, Leafs fans. So I'm going to say uh, 111. Okay, Jesse. 0.5. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what Carolina's was because that would give me a good benchmark. Am I allowed to know that? Or yeah, I can pull that up. Hang on. Is that just... is that cheating? I, no, no. I want to say it was 108.5. 107.5 for Carolina. Oh. 107.5 for Carolina. So it's got to be like right there as well. I'm going to say the exact, I mean, 107 and a half. Oh, I wish you'd gone down one point. Oh. 106 and a half. Oh, yeah. yeah. You are really good at this. It's kind of yeah. weird. Just like sports book <laughs> coming soon. Um, the <laughs> big it? stories this no. year, oh. the big stories this summer, at least, obviously with Dubas leaving, is that they got a fresh pair of eyes kind of running. And, and the staff basically stayed the same. Scouting staff, GMs, a couple of assistant coaches yeah. changed. But the player additions are very, very interesting. Bertuzzi, Klingberg, Domi, Reeves. We're going to go through all of them first. Tyler Bertuzzi, what does he bring to this lineup and specifically Matthews and Marner? Man, the most chaotic energy of any player in recent memory. Like you watch that guy play hockey, you're like, who dressed you? Um, the the way his the, the the skate tongue the tongue on his skates the long the, hair missing too. We haven't had a, when was the last time the Leafs had a flow like that? Oh, it's been a while. Maybe Tyler Bozak. No, he had a flow for. Yeah, bit. he did. He did. It was a brief a brief, brief period. Flow, but it was Tyler good. Flozak. Did you mention the no stick tape? Uh, yeah, no stick <laughs> because tape. Because it doesn't matter. I yeah. keep telling you guys, stick no, tape doesn't matter. No, it does matter. He's just a crazy man. You, you signed almost exclusively <laughs> guys with missing teeth. You're agreeing Bertuzzi, with a crazy Domi, person. Uh, Klingberg. Yeah. <laughs> Domi, Domi can, like all of those guys could easily just fix their teeth, but they're like, I'm, no, rock, no. I'm rocking this no, look. Exactly. I mustn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, by the way, I want a physicist to tell me that stick tape matters. I want a physicist looking in. It does. 100% of um, No. So Bertuzzi, wait, okay, other than the chaos, though, um, what else? Uh, a guy willing to do anything. He blocked a shot, uh, pretty sure, with his nuts uh, when his team was down two with 30 seconds to go. Um, he'll crash the net. I think the Leafs want to generate more playoff-style goals. It's been a priority of Sheldon Keefe's for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get shots on from the point. That's why they went out and got Klingberg. And they're going to get guys to bang them in. And Bertuzzi's going to be at the forefront of that. You just messaged, uh, mentioned Klingberg. I, I said that this a couple podcasts ago about how excited I am that they have a different weapon from the blue line. Guys, Jesse, Steve, how much... Uh, how much does that give the Leafs? I know it sounds stupid because Klingberg has some terrible defensive metrics yes. on an abominable franchise last year. Um, having a slap shot from the point with John Klingberg, what does that do to the power play? It's more it's more of a high floater um, kind of that he puts on. It's just there's so many more variables. It's more likely to get to the net, I mm-hmm. think, than something that's thrown on from uh, along the ice. It's so much more likely to get deflected and be at someone's feet for a rebound. And it's just another weapon. Like, I, I like the way that you put it. It's He has a different perspective on things from Morgan Riley. You, you know what I mean? And if you need to switch it up, Morgan Riley, break in case of emergency. Yeah. And just throw him in there. Jesse Blake, Ty or Ty Domi. Max Domi. I've done uh, that a couple of times. I've done it already a couple of times. But, uh, uh, Max Domi, what does he bring to this team besides missing his two front teeth and a huge smile? <laughs> I like the depth that provides. I feel like Toronto hasn't really had that versatile forward uh, like 
Max Domi a, for a while in in the lineup, where it's like, hey, we can rely on this guy to hop anywhere in the lineup. And last season with the Stars, it, during the playoffs, we saw him play kind of all over and be very helpful for the Stars. And like, I feel like he's going to be such an asset in ways we don't realize just yet. Having him and Yarncroak in the middle six gives you so many sneaky options. Mm -hmm. One of them is better at defense than the other. The other's better at offense, though, probably. So, and I mean, he's really, really, really jacked uh, to be here, which is always exciting. The rumor is that he wants to be here long term, so he has yep. he is on a one year deal for three million bucks. It's a prove it deal, and if it works out, then uh, from what I've heard from Montreal Canadiens fan, I remember uh, uh, Mark Dumont actually tweeted me. He's like, "Get ready, he is." extremely entertaining for the good and for the bad so hey listen i could 82 that. games it yeah. takes all sorts <laughs> yep. uh, uh, one, th one thing on klingberg yeah um i i'm i'm gonna be questioning this all season long if the offense outweighs the defense i wonder sure. if his defense is so bad that no matter what offense he's going to provide it's going to be a, a negative a net negative for the team that's my concern about Klingberg. I, I mean, I think we can exaggerate things. Like, I, I bet his defense is better than we think, and his offense is probably not as special mm -hmm. uh, as we think. Uh, it'll probably be somewhere in the middle. But are we into the positive or the negative impact on the team? I don't know. Great question. As long as it's just neutral. That's what I'm hoping for for Klingberg. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, just well, don't be a drag on it. And like, if you're not in the lineup opening night, who cares? Yeah. Like, there's so many if, guys. Because he had a strain of something. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. Benoit in uh, the preseason game the day before we we're recording this might have taken himself out of contention, but like, you got Lagason. It sounds like Timmons is going to be out for a while, but you have enough options. Like, what, you know, even with a Max Lajoie, you'll be fine. Every team has their Justin Hall. They're Jake Gardner, and I just am waiting for it slowly to morph, morph into one of these guys, and it might be. So you think it'd be Kling Gardner? We'll see. Maybe. Um, uh, the last one, Ryan Reeves, guys. What do you what do you like about Ryan Reeves? What do you not like about Ryan Reeves? What do you what do you think about that addition? I mean, they've needed a change to their attitude, and I like that he's an X factor. We know what his weaknesses are, and we know what his strengths are. But <laughs> some people would argue his weaknesses are hockey is yeah Jeez. yeah and i like it i like the signing i'm just but, saying there are a lot of people out there saying that but people need to or stop ignoring the fact that not hockey is a huge aspect of hockey is that silly yes it's enormously silly but as long as it's a thing and you need players that can on occasion beat people up you might as well get the guy who kicks the most ass jesse are you positive or negative on reefs I'm uh, a positive. I think it's a positive addition because you don't have to play him. I think I think everybody's like, oh, Ryan Reeves is going to be so difficult to have on the ice and everything. But they don't need to put the Sheldon Keefe doesn't need to put him in the lineup. And I think if we're talking about net positives and net negatives, what Ryan Reeves brings on the ice in terms of physicality and intensity and what he brings off the ice Vocally. overall for an organization, having him around is so good. This team needs a jolt. Like the top guys aren't the vocal guys. So they need to bring in characters who can be the vocal guys in this locker room. And Ryan Reeves is one of them. And he's going to be such a help just getting this team together as one unit. One of the guys that has brought um, uh, energy on the other side, the young 
hungry to make the team energy is Fraser Minton. He's 19 years old. He's playing center. William Nylander experiment at center is over. <laughs> um, and he's <laughs> been playing with Nyes and Yarncroke. And there has been a lot made of what these two who are trying to establish themselves in the NHL bring to this team playing together. What have you seen? If Fraser Minton min means makes this team, because we still don't know for sure, he is going to play again this weekend. What do you think about Fraser Minton as a Toronto Maple Leaf regular? I mean, I we talked about the pace car uh, mm -hmm. earlier in camp, and earlier in camp it was Easton Coward. It's a guy who just wants it more than everyone else, wants it more than the veterans that might take the opportunity for granted. And Fraser Minton snuck in under the radar. Like, let's say the third line in preseason is what sticks in the regular season. Nice Minton, yarn croak. What do you want your third line to be? Do you want them to be big? Sure. Sure. Two of those guys are big. You want him to be de uh, defensively responsible? Yeah, somewhat. I don't yeah. want there to be a liability. Yeah, like Yarncroke is at very least the babysitter, and uh, Sheldon Keefe would not have those two rookies playing together if he didn't trust them defensively. Can they chip in goals? Sure. Oh, yeah. Of Quite course. All of them. Can they forecheck you into the Earth's crust? Yes. I'm sorry. What am I not supposed to like about Tons this? of energy. I love a good chaos rookie. Uh, Steve, we already know why you think this season's a big season for Timothy Lilligren. Jesse... Why do you think it's a big season for Timothy Lilligren? Oh, Timothy Lilligren might lose his whole spot in the lineup. Like, if Timothy Lilligren doesn't progress a little in the direction that everybody has hoped that he's going to be this season, like, it's the prove-it year for Lilligren. What's your thing? I, I yeah. want him to establish a thing mm -hmm. um, and what you also be better in front of his own net. He has to seize his place in the lineup because the Leafs have proven that they're going to stack the defense with lots of guys who can switch in whenever they need it. That was the Connor, Connor Timmins acquisition. Gio's going to be in and out of the lineup because of his age, and they just need bodies. And Timothy Lilligren, if he wants one of these spots on in the top six, needs to take it. He's, he's a guy that I think plays excellently within the system, like within the, the process. As soon as the system breaks down and there's a little bit of chaos, he's lost. He's lost. He's got to figure that out. Uh, the other thing, and, and I'm going to run us long on purpose, just so you guys know. I know where the time's at. Um, <laughs> it's not allowed. Underrated. I know it's supposed to be a 10-minute preview. It's turning into a 13-minute preview. The, what's the point of the, the bit? Uh, what's why? the point of the 10 minutes? <laughs> I apologize. I will kiss it. Uh, why is this season a big one for, and no one's talked about this yet, Mitchell Marner? Uh, because he's eligible for a contract extension on July 1st, 2024. Mm-hmm. Mm. What do you Can't wait to talk about that again. I know. What do you expect <laughs> from him for that? Um, he is going to make it everyone's problem that he uh, was stuck at 99 points last year. You think? Yeah, he wants that 100. He's dancing this preseason. He's trying a bunch of stuff. I'd like to see him lock it in uh, a little bit more. Like but it's preseason. It's preseason. It he's out there having fun and everything. Um, you know what we did see uh, in the Detroit game that everyone went, Mitchell? He threw a couple hits. Yeah. You don't need to be a big guy. Yeah. I know it's preseason. Well, you could argue, who, who what the hell hit? is your team's star player? I don't know. Yeah. Well, what the hell is your team's star player doing throwing hits in the preseason? Stop hitting these guys in junior. No, do it. Mitch Marner. Has <laughs> no, it's October. They're not in junior Mitch anymore. Mitch Marner has had 35 goals and 30 goals in successive years. Is there an opportunity he gets a sniff at 40? It's with it's, the shot. 
It's possible. Like he he's been uh, working on his one timer. We've seen mm-hmm. he he's gone from a player who had one shot and it was a wrister and he wasn't willing to use it to he became very willing to use it to he got a one timer as well. So he's he's diversifying his offensive weaponry. And you know what? In investing, you want to diversify your portfolio, just mm-hmm. like and Mitch Marder's making an investment in himself right. and his future contract. Now run, run the Quest Trade commercial. The Where guy's gonna you? shame you for not using Quest. <laughs> Can you believe we're still friends with him? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you don't own a house? I quest traded my way into this place. What the fuck? Um, no, I- <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Where do you have the Toronto Maple Leafs finishing in the Atlantic Division this year, gentlemen? Uh, I know I'll be biased, but I, I think it'd be weird if I put them anywhere other than first. Um they could take a step back in terms of points and still finish first in the Atlantic. It's a really even division. Yeah. Jesse Blake. Yeah, put up put up Mr. Minton's face on the screen for me. Look at that! That's a face of a dude who's oh. going to lead the Toronto Maple Leafs to first place in the Atlantic division. Yeah. Razor Minton, everybody. Woo! And I also have them in first place because, duh, I'm biased. Now, here's my last question, you guys. Can they win the Eastern Conference? Can they win the President's Trophy? I hope they don't win the President's Trophy. Okay, do you think they'll win the Eastern Conference? No. Okay. Carolina? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our previews this year. And I can't wait for us to be completely wrong about most of them. <laughs> it's it's going to be amazing when <laughs> Minton gets sent down. No, 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 no. What? Do that again. Is that your interpretation of Twitter? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. All right. Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.